Nowadays, most people die of a sort of creeping common sense and discover, when it's too late, that the only things one never regrets are one's mistakes. Ladies, gentlemen, and variations thereupon, I believe I've made a huge mistake. What was I thinking? Oh well, this is modern escapism. Hello, my name is Oodles, the man that has started and killed no less than three podcasts in the last five years. And I am joined today by the man that thought drinking a full bottle of whiskey was a wise decision while on camera. It's Stig. No regrets. No regrets. <laughs> yeah, boy. Also, this man was once reported to be an explicitly sexual wild man, as he was seen roaming the fields of southern England with his pants down, aggressively windmilling at passers-by. It's Biggie. <laughs> <laughs> Not a rumour. <laughs> and last, but by no means least, the man that said, Sure, man, I'll edit the podcast. Shouldn't be too much work like. It's Gadget. When, when did I become Jamaican? I don't know. Arit. Arit, pet. Arit, mate. How are we all doing, gents? All right. Really good. Apparently, I'm yeah. Jamaican, but yeah. <laughs> I'm just not very good with accents. <laughs> oh, we know. <laughs> we know. So we're going to kick things straight off by going to the sexually explicit man himself, Biggie. What have you been up to? Well, thank you to the podcast. I have officially binge watched Ted Lasso. Yes, well that done. Was such a great recommendation. Really enjoyed it's that. So bingeable, isn't it? Yeah, I needed that this week. It's really cheered me up. Um, oh, really good, feel good comedy. You're all right. It had a, the odd tear like dust in my eye at times, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, really, really good. It, it, it's our friendship between Ted and Coach Beard, though. It's just it's legendary. Excellent. It's so good, <laughs> and Nathan as well, the the, the kit guy. He's, oh yeah. God, yeah, he's so he's so good. But uh, yeah, the main topic uh, I wanted to cover is something else that I binge watched this week oh. as well, and it's the terror. Ooh. Now, this just popped up on um, my TV. You know, you've got your apps as you scroll yeah. across. And on the BBC iPlayer, um, the picture of this came up. And uh, I was like, oh, what's that? And so I had a look at it. And it's an American horror... Oh, sorry, start again. It's an American horror drama anthology television series. Oh. So there's now two seasons of this. I've only watched the first season. Um, this particular series is named after Dan Simmons' 2007 novel, which serves as a basis for this uh, series. It's a fictionalised account of Captain Sir John Franklin's lost expedition to the Arctic in 1845 to 1848. Mm. Uh, it features a brilliant cast. It's got Jared Harris, who, um, amongst other things, is known for The Expanse. Um, he plays one of the uh, captains, Tobias Menzies, as commander, James Fitzjames. Um, he's well known for The Crown and Game of Thrones. Uh, Paul Reddy is uh, Dr. Harry Goodsir. And then ending with, I'm going to say Seren Hines. It could be Kieran Hines. Kieran, Kieran sure. Hines. Yep. As Franklin, uh, the That's other commander. Steppenwolf. That's Steppenwolf, yeah. Yeah, so <laughs> you've got quite yeah. a, a good cast just with those guys, but the, the cast in this is excellent. 
It's a um, strong cast. Yeah, so it basically begins with the Royal Navy's polar explorer ships HMS Erebus and HMS Terror, um, having recently left uh, an island in the uh, Canadian Arctic, and they're heading south towards King William Island in uncharted territory. And they're basically trying to find the um, passage through the northwest. The ships are then soon frozen and trapped in the ice, and then those aboard must survive the harsh weather conditions and each other, mm. whilst being stalked by an elusive menace. Ooh. So never has the term frozen ever been more apt, and it's <laughs> never better than this series. Um, I've always thought my favourite movie, The Thing, uh, was always um, really good at sort of creating that feeling of isolation and the coldness of that expedition, and it's exactly the same here. Um, and similarly, uh, the paranoia and fear of surviving the coming winters, uh, the presence of this unseen animal that basically rips apart its victims and gradually reduces the number and, and the morale of the men. So uh, there are rumours, disease, mutiny, also a threat. Um, the CGI is really good in this. They've obviously spent a lot of um, money on that to make it look as realistic as possible. Um, and I just uh, suggest everyone goes and watch it. It's really good. It's about... would, you say, would you say it's on iPlayer? Yeah, BBC iPlayer. I'm going to have to uh, get a TV licence then. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's really, really good. I loved it. I thought it was excellent. Oh, cool. Is it just a, a, how many episodes is it? Uh, I'm going to say 10. Oh, cool. And it's um, based on the true story of the sense of the actual expedition happened. Obviously... Oh, but everything else didn't. <laughs> yeah, some of it obviously didn't happen, but it's uh, they're taking that story to start with, and it's really good. Okay, so is it is it terror as in terror earth, or terror as in terror? It's uh, terror as in frightening, but actually one of the ships is called HMS Terror. Oh, so, right. uh, bizarrely. <laughs> yeah, but, seems like a really bad name to name a ship, doesn't it? It does. It does, <laughs> mate. On on a lot of sci-fi shows, the, they they call a spaceship Icarus. You don't call a spaceship Icarus. <laughs> <laughs> don't if you do, do you it. don't fly anywhere near a star. Exactly. Don't yeah. do it. But yeah, I found this really gripping. The acting is um, what sells it because there's obviously they are a lot strong of, fucking actors. There's a lot man. of dialogue um, between the the actors, so it's not just about the. Uh, terror um it sounds like one of them shows that a, a comp a, a, you'd, you'd have like a nice nice um whiskey or something at sadio while you're watching it oh my god do you because the scenes of yeah, frostbite with a cigarette toes off and yeah it just really reminds you of um what actually happened back in those days when uh, they didn't have the sort of yeah. ways of keeping us warm that we have now i'm into it mate i'm into it Lovely. it's so good really do please check it out i will do terror so uh stick you've been doing pal Ah, it's a bad week, unfortunately. I have not really been up to much. Um, been digging owls. Yeah, I have been. A lot of my spare time, I have been researching re- greenhouses and gardening. <laughs> and and how to dig a hole. How to Yeah, how to lay my new garden and veg patch and everything. That's pretty much been taking up my time and everything. But I've kind of, I've watched, we watched Infinity War. Oh, uh, good film. S- with my daughter, it's like the sixth time I've watched it. I watched it with my daughter. She be we've been doing the an MCU run with her. I, I'm not, I'm not sure we've <laughs> we're raising my daughter right because we, ex- <laughs> we ex- I'll tell you why because I won't go into details for reasons of yeah. plot, plot, plot plot spoilers and stuff. But yeah. we tried to explain Thanos's plan to her, mm-hmm. and her response was, "Oh, so he's doing something good then." 
I love that. And we just kind of looked at each other and we're like, me and Kate looked at each other like, uh, no, like, let me, let's explain this again to you. Like. <laughs> God, it's like fucking real life Jojo Rabbit in our house, isn't it? <laughs> so, so, oh, so, yeah. so we'll look forward to your daughter being a space faring sociopath. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, genocide bent. <laughs> yeah. So we watched that. I watched Hamilton again for the second time. Uh, yeah, I had a bit of work to do at home. I was like, you know what? I'll just cheer myself up and I'll put this on my other screen. So I just watched Hamilton. What, what you I did? What, what you do with Hamilton? I did. I did for years with uh, South Park the movie. You see, it was just my go-to uh, musical. I just popped it on. Yeah. What I what I did with Hamilton, you but he did with the Justice League. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I did, and um, I have watched it a fourth time. Oh fucking hell! What black oh and white? God. Yeah, I watched the black and white version. Oh god! It makes anyway, no difference I, because um, yeah. I'll, sorry, listeners, I really have not done anything this week, so I'll, I'll just talk about uh, YouTube. Um, yeah. Creator, which have I, you heard of YouTube? Yeah, have you heard of this thing <laughs> called YouTube? It's really good. There's a lot of videos on there. There's lots of shit videos on there, but we're on there. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's well, the shit um, ones. <laughs> I watch. I watch him like every other night, every night. Whenever he uploads these his videos, his videos are like twenty minutes, half an hour long. Gadget knows from it, and it's a, a, a he plays computer games. This guy called Ryuka. Oh yes, mm. and uh, I predominantly watch his Mario Maker uh, streams. Yeah, we've heard a few, a lot about this guy. Yeah, throughout the just, last year, he's just—it's really worth checking out if you like watching someone play a game re- really well. Obviously, but obviously trips up on himself. But he's, he's a really good personality. He's like mm. he's a guy that like doesn't take himself too seriously, doesn't take anything else too serious, and just has a lot of fun with the levels. Um, and it's really funny when you're watching him, and he's like he, he might be struggling with a little part. And he'll make it, and then like he'll rush on to the next part, and someone's put some kind of like troll block in there, and it'll just catch him out. And like his reactions to stuff are brilliant. Like the um, he's the most evilest game ever, isn't it, Mario? Oh yeah, I I watched one the other day. It was so funny. He's like he he got through this really difficult part. He's like, yes, jumped to hit the flag, and they'd hidden a spring behind the flag that you couldn't (laughs) see, so he bounced him off the flag and back down the hole, and he was just like. His, re- his reaction is just like he just took his his, his uh, headphones off, just walked away from the camera. It's just like <laughs> like that. And like he'll do something stupid, like he'll he'll fuck up a jump and go, "That is the worst thing I've ever done on here." And then he'll start from the checkpoint, and for some reason he won't hit jump, and he'll just fall into a hole straight away. <laughs> and it, and and the timing's perfect because it's literally straight after he's just said that, and it's just like his timing with stuff is is brilliant, and that's what I kind of I. I pretty much watch these like every night i just go on there before i'm lying in bed and i'll like oh, it's 20 minutes watch one of his streams or i'll find an old one that i've not watched and mm. they're yeah, really he's, good he's, he's got hundreds of them i like, I like to have his yeah. stuff on in the background and i'll just kind of pop in out the only problem with doing that is though for weeks afterwards i'll have any of the mario music stuck in my head oh god mario oh music yeah always gets in your head usually usually i think it's with a yeah oh the yeah the new super mario brothers music yeah i always liked the subterranean oh yeah that's great one of the first things i ever learned on bass that if, 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 I think if you're going to go search for Ryu Card videos, look for anyone that just has hot garbage in the title. Oh, yeah. <laughs> because those are the ones where he tends to get the most annoyed and the most frustrated because he's deliberately looking for ones that are shit. 
or the like or the um the, the ones that is like super expert not cleared. Mm. Yeah, where it's it's like levels that have had like thousands of people attempt it and never tries, and he will sit. He must sit for like eight or nine hours on some of these levels trying to get them and done. Just edit them down into a twenty. Well, yeah, video. obviously edit them down, but it's like <laughs> the, the, the the amount of precision jumps. There's one that he did, um, and he also linked it to another YouTuber who does the same kind of thing, um, which I think took him like a week to learn how to do because Jeez. it was one of those ones that when you look at it, it's like. If you just look at it, it's just every asset in the game spinning over itself. <laughs> but there is like a very precise path through everything. Mm. That just sounds it's, awful. It's like I think you actually had to write down the moves. You had yeah. to write down, press right here, press left here, jump here, that kind of thing. <laughs> there's there's one where he was like he he, he came onto level and, and his face just dropped and he was just like, I can't do this. It's like it's like oh it goes this is clearly you have to start that first jump at the right point. Yeah. So and the and the level is nothing. It is literally like up, right, down, up, right, down, up, down. It's like a kind of snake. Mm-hmm. But like Gadget said, there's just everything's going off the saw blades, there's like the the big windmill of fires Clouds and, and fire blows and there's everything going off. But you you have to start that first jump at precisely twenty two seconds in. Yeah, you have to the, wait for it as yeah, well. That is the only way to get through. And he just said he uploaded it and said, "I can't figure this out. If anyone figures it out, let me know." And like someone, one of his followers figured out the point where you can get through, and he did it. Like he pretty much did it like first time. Once he figured out, once he said, "Right, twenty-two yeah. seconds, go," and you just literally jump through it and you're fine. But wow. yeah, he's he's just really fun to watch, and like it's just it's a fun guy. He's he's got this thing now. Like I watched some of his early videos where he and he used to swear, but he's got it yeah, down he now. Swear now. He doesn't swear now, obviously, because he wants his content. He wants some to be, money to be, you know, for and we will always kid, fucking kid swear on this. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I and I'm like I'm so impressed at him holding his tongue. There's been a few I've seen um, where he's obviously been clipped it from a live stream. And like he has a stupid death, and you just see, and then, <laughs> obviously that he cuts it there, and it's just like, yeah, he swore a lot at that precise moment. <laughs> if you watch his live streams, he still swear like a trooper on his live oh, right. streams as well when things get bad. If you watch him on Twitch, he doesn't. He, he only uploads to YouTube the ones that um, he doesn't end up swearing in. So when he has a good time on Twitch, I think he uploads it to YouTube. But when he's had yeah. a really frustrating day, he doesn't. <laughs> well, that's how you do it, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, he's definitely worth checking out if you just like. Uh, well, it's it's a serious skill like that. Some of those Mario levels are just ridiculous. Oh yeah, like, it's pro skill. Yeah. 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 Cool. Excellent. Thanks for that. That's that's significant. Um, and for the first time this year, me and Gadget are going to tag team. We're going oh, yes. to talk about something that's captured our imagination. Uh, this week, we'll start with you, Gadget. You, I want I want your impressions first from someone that's. I don't like to use the word newbie, but from someone that is a newbie. <laughs> oh, I am a newbie. Okay, so picture the scene. Be me. Be bored. Be browsing <laughs> around on Amazon. Be thinking, I haven't bought a new game in a while. Like I like a new game. Yeah. Go to the charts. See you. This is rated well. Came out <laughs> a week ago. Fantastic. It's in stock. People on the Discord are talking about it. Oh, I bought Monster Hunter Rise. Yeah, boy. On the Switch. And my God, what a game that is. Now, for reference, I am a newbie. I've never played a Monster Hunter game before. Mm. To me, I've I've seen people streaming it, and it always looked very impenetrable. Like, I like the idea of, like, 
beating the shit out of massive monsters. Great, that's why, why I play Dark Souls. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but just like everything looks really impenetrable because it's there's like systems on top of systems, on top of gear, on oh top of equipment, word. on top of menus. And it's just like every time I've even considered the idea of a Monster Hunter game, I've looked at it and went, no, it looks like a spreadsheet. <laughs> it's a spreadsheet with monsters. It is. Basically. But Rise was, I remember when it was pitched on a Nintendo Direct and it says, oh, this is like, a, it gets kind of a new push to it. It's a bit more accessible. There's kind of new movement options and new this, that, and the other. And like, it was, what kind of put the idea in my head of getting it was a Eurogamer put out a, a review. They marked it as essential and said it's the best game on the Switch since Breath of the Wild. Yeah. Wow. And they, I mean, they adored Breath of the Wild. Everyone adored Breath of the Wild. But then when, you, when there's, someone says that, you're thinking, okay, I'm interested now. Yeah, I've got to check this out now. <laughs> yeah. So I bought it. Got a fancy steel book and some key rings. It was lovely. And I played it. And it might be the most Japanese game I've ever played. Oh, I've played Japanese. a lot of Japanese games. <laughs> um, th- th- there are cutscenes with creepy twins, mm. which is terrifying. Which, which walk into your bedroom at the very beginning and say, yeah, wake up. And wake you up. <laughs> Yeah, but they have hooves and and like goat ears as well. It's yes. really creepy. Um, but the the game got me into an area. I had to go kill some monsters, so it's already doing what it says on the tin. Mm. Um, and I had a thoroughly brilliant time with it. And if you're unfamiliar with Monster Hunter, despite me rambling for five minutes about it, <laughs> um, it is a game where it does what it says on the tin. The whole point is you go into this into a, a fan, fantasy world. It's kind of feudal Japanese fantasy. Mm-hmm. Um, and you kill monsters. You kill these fantasy monsters. Most of them are kind of yokai monsters. Some of them are very fantastical. Some of them are Western-influenced. Yeah. Some of them are dinosaurs. <laughs> yeah. Um, and th- that's basically the run of the game. It's you not around- good for vegetarians. No. <laughs> <laughs> You run around the map twatting these giant animals, yeah. stealing their pelts, come back, make a bigger weapon, go find something bigger to kill. Um, and it, it, the run of it is that. Now, I remember as well, I, I remember listening to the Kane and Rinse podcast on Mon- Monster Hunter World. Yeah. And they did point out, and this was something I'd never considered, that like in the early Monster Hunter games, you're basically invading into another creature's habitat and murdering it for doing nothing. Yep. Um, and a lot of people find that quite problematic, and especially kind of as as you wear down these big monsters, they start to limp and they start to drool and stuff like that. And it can just be like, sad. Yeah, it can be sad. This one has a story where these monsters are invading in a rampage and yeah, threatening baddies. to destroy your city. The monsters are now canonically the baddies, so I feel perfectly fine about knocking seven bells. <laughs> and they're all like demony type things, aren't they? They're yeah. all like fucking swamp ducks. Yeah, but I mean, more than anything else, like. It, it's one of the best looking Switch games I've ever played. It's, it's, it's beautiful. It's made by Capcom, so it's running on the Resident Evil engine, uh, the one we saw for Resident Evil 7, and it looks gorgeous. It's literally the best looking thing. And I, I even played it in handheld earlier today, mm. and it, no, no kind of degradation. It, it went down from 60 to 30 frames a second. Fine, I expect that. Yeah. But it perfectly serviceable. Everything scaled wonderfully. Everything was clear. It's a really beautiful game. And me and Oodles... Um, and I'll let Oodles tell the story of what happened, but we went on a hunt this afternoon and had the best fucking time. Oh, it was, it so, was good. so much because you can play in online multiplayer mm. and it, it's brilliant just going with your mates and mm. killing giant things. <laughs> Oodles, would you like to explain the story of what we killed? So picture the scene beforehand. Um, I log on to our Discord and I state, I'm not going to buy Monster Hunter Rise straight away. I've played the series since its inception. I'm just going to hold off for a few few weeks, and then Gadget pops, pops a little post on, I've bought it, 
So then I, I, I had to buy I think, it. I think my precise words were, I'm a weak man. Yeah, then I bought it the second yeah. I saw it. But... I'd just like to point out that for the, for the time I've known you, Oodles, you've said that about every single big release. <laughs> and within a week, you've got it completed. I'm so yeah. weak. <laughs> so yeah, I've played this series since its inception. Um, I bounced off the first ever one because the controls were the, the infamous claw grip that you had to play the game oh, with. Yeah. Think, picture this gadget. You had to attack with the analog sticks. On the PSP? No, on the PS2. I hear those. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah, so, yeah, it was it was awful. But then Monster Hunter 3 Generations changed things, and I've just been playing it ever since. Um, but this Did afternoon... Did you like the last version? Yeah, Monster Hunter World's good, but I don't think I can ever play it ever again now. <laughs> Not after this. This is, the for me, the definitive version. So, Ooh. picture the scene. Um... I was just playing a bit of Castlevania on my Xbox, and I got a little message. You free for Monster Hunter? From my little pal, Gadget. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Does a bear shit in the woods? Absolutely. So we got on. We we spent, we, we overcomplicated the multiplayer aspect for a split second and realised... Yeah, it we took were, us far too long to get into a party. But it's not that hard. Not, not, not the game's fault, our fault. <laughs> Just our fault. <laughs> and then we got we're in... We're not um, intelligent men. <laughs> we, we, we did, we did a, a very simple um, hunt where we both rode two separate beasts and had a little kaiju battle. That was fun. Yeah. And then something happened. Gadget says, oh, we've got an urgent request to do. Mm, what's this? Is it the, is it called the Tetranana Tetranodon? I can't even say its name, but oh, it's a swamp I, duck. I <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, it's a it's, it's a swamp duck, which is quite it's quite big. Um, we Tet- had Tetranodon. Tetranodon, that's it. Um, picture uh, if you if you know Pokemon, a eighteen feet. Psyduck covered in goop. <laughs> it's like so, Psyduck couldn't cross with Godzilla, really, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, it's ridiculous, but. We, I, I'd, I'd not fought this monster. Gadget not fought. So we both re- went in, virgin hunters, to attack this thing. None of us had any idea what it looked like. When he, nope. <laughs> we, 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 we're riding on his dogs. Yeah, you can ride dogs on it. <laughs> we ride on his dogs. Which are adorably called palamutes. Oh, God, they're so good. And we look around the corner, and there's this big green thing eating another animal. And we're, oh, there it is, there it is. We got closer to it. And then it, it just started, it's like its throat engorged like a frog. And it yeah. started swallowing me, <laughs> and it ate me, and it killed yeah. me. <laughs> all, all, all I can hear over the headset is, he ate me, he ate me, he ate me. <laughs> so I had to respawn and come down and help him, and he's like, he's throwing a big stone at me, <laughs> screaming from the other side of the map. And we, we, I think we must have had about four or five minutes left. Yeah, you get 50 minutes for a hunt. And we were really um, panicking because this, this thing was limping, but it also flashed up with the, like, this thing's going to leave the area or we're going to run out of time. Something's going down. And it was just the most nail-biting. Like, because G- Gadget, Gadget's got a sword and shield because he's a newbie yeah. and you have to. That's law. Mm. And I've got this, this crazy switch axe that's an axe and a sword and it spins around and does loads of crazy acrobatics. and. Somehow, by the grace of the gods, we managed to defeat this swamp duck. And the elation 
Two, <laughs> two grown men in their thirties <laughs> screaming at this little Nintendo computer game, <laughs> like we've just won the lottery. It was so exhilarating. And then it's like, quick, get all the gear. Let's let's chop it up into ribbons, and then we can wear it. And then we found out what the gear looked like, and we were Ninja Turtles. <laughs> <laughs> It was so good. You don't like when you were describing Valheim, Stig, and, and it's so good when you've, you've, you've gone on a mission, you've gone on a grind, you've brought back some stuff, and then you've put a nice new piece of armour on. Mm-hmm. Imagine that just being the game. It's, it's basically that. It's so addictive. It's I do love upgrading my armour. Yeah, it's oh, so Oh, oh you, you, you'll love this. There's so many armour sets. Yeah. I, I, I had a, a few people calling it an RPG, and I don't really think it's an RPG because you don't level up standard. It's all about... No. It's a looter. It's like a, a sword looter. I don't know. You can't even say looter shooter, can you? It's, it's, no. I don't know. There's a bow gun. You could yeah, it's a hunting simulator. Yeah, it's all it's all about that kind of the grind and leveling yourself up and that. Yeah. And it's like it's like most of one of those things I've always been aware of, but never been bothered by because, like I say, it all look complicated. If they keep making them like this, I'm fully on board. Yeah. Absolutely, I fucking love this the game. The world, the music, and even I've been listening to the music. Stig, think about that. It's still in my head right now. I can hear the boss yeah. music in my head right now. So good. And is it uh, more accessible than the last one? Yes. I have the last one. By far the most played. accessible monster that I've ever played. It's Don't get me wrong. Now, Gadget will back me up on this. <laughs> there is a wall of text that you have to get through. A wall of text. There, 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 is, there is also... And when I, so when I, say, when I said before that it's a very Japanese game, I don't just mean in kind of its style and presentation. It's kind of... Capcom always do games like that. <laughs> but it's the... Um, so it has this thing where when, when a new concept is delivered to you, you get a tooltip that pops up saying this is this, and you several one or, one or more pages to scroll through, and then you click A to continue, and then it comes up with another box saying, do you want to exit the tutorial? <laughs> yeah. Every fucking time. <laughs> when you go through the opening two hours, there are so many systems and concepts laid on top of you. Yeah. I must have done about 13 of them in a row. Every single time, do you want to exit the tutorial? Do you want to? I'm still mm. getting them. It still drives me mad. <laughs> now, I, I was I, I, obviously being a veteran on the. I, I was skipping a lot of it. Only the new things I was reading. So I would recommend if you ever to get into it, go with a veteran hunter, and they'll they'll, they'll take you on a low a low rank hunt, and they'll talk you through. Like I I, I gave uh, Gadget a lot of tips today. Like we, he sh- he showed me how to make the camera work. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I was I was changing things. I'm telling him, don't forget to mine your outcrops and stuff like that, and grinding and so go if you wanted to play it honestly anyone listening to this just anyone that you know that's ever played one go in the first few hunts with them get to grips with it i don't think you need to read all that text i don't think it's it's just most of it's bullshit oh it's crap it's a load of crap the basic the basic play session is pick a quest eat some dinner kill it chop it up wear it that is it. There's five points to it. That is it. <laughs> which is which is also very much like a, a, a night out in Leeds. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I always come home wearing the pelts of my victims. <laughs> and there's sec- an episode titled "The Pelts <laughs> of My Victims." <laughs> but yeah, it's just I genuinely and me and Gadget are very early on. I'm only a, a few um, few baddies above him in the story. Yeah, you're about 12, 12 and a bit hours in. I'm about eight hours in. Yeah, so yeah, I'm we're not, f- not far into it. I've only just unlocked like the third level of yeah. things to kill. Yeah, I genuinely think so far, unless it absolutely falls off a cliff somewhere, I think it's a ten out of ten. This, I think it's. I'm, it's certainly a nine, a nine, maybe maybe more for me. Yeah. What I, I mean, I'm 
already putting this in contender for game of the year. Yeah, same. I mean, but that said, I am saying this is the first new game I've bought this year. Yeah, that you always get that new game feel as well, don't you? Like, new especially game when smell. you, yeah, especially when you get into it. And 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 the other brand new game I played this year was the Medium, so it has very. <laughs> the bar is really low. <laughs> it's just it's just really good. It's one of, and fuck me being on the Switch. Wow, you're hunting. Take it on the toilet with you. You can play it on the toilet. It's just it's amazing. <laughs> I will, I, I, yeah, and I, I will also point out for people for people who own switches, yeah. the online works. Oh my god, does it work? <laughs> does it work? I played a game with I played a game with Punk other day. I play, I think it was yesterday as of recording. I played a game with Punk, Deadbeat Punk, and I was like, I don't know how to do it. And he, he just appeared. He was just there. He knows how to do it. The man's a legend. <laughs> and and we were just in and out. And I only had I only had time because my dinner was ready. I only had time for one little skirmish, but we did it. And it's like, see you later, pal. Yeah, see you soon. And that's it. It's, it just works. But yeah, um, definitely have Discord or something for voice chat, though. Oh, yeah. But yeah, uh, Monster Hunter Rise is shaping up to be a hot contender for Game of the Year from us both. So mm. check it out. And we will, if you're in our Discord, we will probably be saying, anyone ready for a hunt? And just pop in. And Oodles, you've got to get it on the streams. I think I'm going to do, yeah. I, I've. Um, I have sent my broken uh, capture card back and I'm going to get an Elgato. I just thought, you know what? Fuck it. Let's get one that works. So, yeah, we will be streaming this. So, yeah, that's us for what we've been doing this week. Um, Biggie, what are we going to be talking about? What the fuck were they thinking? (laughs) Quite simply, we're going to chat about decisions made in the world of media that had Mm. you scratching your head at why they did that. And believe us, there may be spoilers coming your way. Oh, there will be. There may be spoilers ahead. <laughs> 100% will be. <laughs> so, yeah, what we're going to talk... This, this is an idea from, uh, from Stig, I believe. Was it, was it your idea, this one? Yep. Uh, what were they thinking? At first, I was like, what is he thinking? But upon looking into it, this is a great idea. This is... This is one of those classic modern escapism episodes where we can sit there and scream at people that clearly won't be listening to this. Yep. <laughs> and we're going to start with, uh, I believe, we're going to start with Gadget. Oh, okay. <laughs> right, so I, I'm going to bring something that came out last year. It was a book. Don't let that put you off. <laughs> it was the long-awaited sequel to a book that I loved. Not a particularly good book, but a book that I loved. I'm talking about Ernest Klein's Ready Player Two. Oh dear. I can hear the groans across the internet already. (laughs) (laughs) Now, I loved the book, Ready Player One. I did actually, mate. The the film gives me a a kind of white-hot rage that settles in my chest and I have to go to the hospital. But it's got Tracer Um, in it from Overwatch. I don't give a fuck. It's got Jim Jim Rayner in from StarCraft and I still don't give a fuck. But... The book I, I enjoyed. It's not a particularly well-written book, but it tells no. a really reasonably interesting tale. And it's, it's obviously that love letter to 80s nerd culture, which I kind of caught the back end of being a 90s kid. Mm. Um, but there were a lot of references and stuff I liked in it. Um, but it wasn't particularly original. It wasn't particularly It's a nice teen novel, isn't it? It's, it's like, 
You know what? It's like the kebab of books. Yeah. You know it's not that good for you, but you enjoy it anyway. I'll stick eat some sober. So. <laughs> yeah, but you Imagine still, that it's not quote that being on the back of it. <laughs> <laughs> the kebab of books. From one offer to another, this is the kebab of books. If, if you want me to get me to do anything, read a book, play a game, watch a film, just call it the kebab of something. <laughs> and he's I'm there. And I'm there. You know, he's, he, he's going straight away to Amazon to buy Ready Player One. Um, <laughs> the thing is, so I read Ernest Klein's second book, which was Armada which was not good. I didn't like it, it either. quite bad. Trying to kind of hop on the nerd nostalgia thing from Ready Player One, but being more focused around video games. It was, it's a bit, a bit last Starfighter as well, wasn't it? A little bit, yeah. yeah. It wasn't very good. No. So when it was announced that he was doing Ready Player Two after the film came out and made money, God knows how, <laughs> um, I was like, okay, well, he's going, to make, he's going to write another book, and I enjoyed the first book. How bad can it be? <laughs> Turns out it was very fucking bad. Um, so in the first film, first book rather, not the film, um, it's concerned with near future kind of thing. There is an ever-present online reality called the Oasis where people put on VR headsets, go in virtual reality, world has gone to shit, that kind of thing. Um, the creator of it dies and leaves a challenge. Um, find these three keys and you will inherit the Oasis. And so that sends off this cottage industry of people trying to find it. Corporations are trying to find it because they want control of it so they can make all the money. And the story follows Wade Watts, who is a one of these people hunting for these keys. And the kind of the story that orbits around him as he ultimately finds them all and becomes the owner of the Oasis. It's Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Effectively, but in virtual reality. Yeah. So you would think, right? Wade Watts at the end of book one gets everything he wants. Yeah. He gets the Oasis. Where can you take it? James Halliday puts No, James James, <laughs> James Halliday's puts has a vault with some extra super special technology. Oh no. And there are seven keys to get to it. Seven? <sighs> seven this time. Or seven seals. But in the interim, while Wade Watts has been, the book takes place a few years after the events of the first film. And bear in mind, I haven't read this. This is what I've read online. Oh, yeah. But I found <laughs> excerpts because when it came out, people eviscerated it on social off, media. They? Oh, they were. But um, part of the new technology that kind of Wade Watts pushes forward um, is called the ONI, the Oasis Neural Interface. Oh, dear. So instead of having your virtual reality goggles and your haptic gloves and all that kind of thing, you jack in like the fucking Matrix. <laughs> and it's like a direct connection to your brain. So it's been established. Ernest Klein isn't a good writer, as like the, the, the actual minute-to-minute prose isn't very good. But this one has the most problematic ideas. <laughs> For instance, this is, this is a genuine quote from the, um, the prologue of the book. Talk, it's talking about how revolutionary this ONI interface thing is, and like how like, people are like making kind of uh, thing, uh, like digitizing memories for other people to experience. Yeah. Okay? Kind of like a little bit like the brain dance thing in Cyberpunk. Yeah. So, quote, New applications of the ONI technology continued to reveal themselves. For example, it became fashionable for young mothers to make an ONI recording while they gave birth to their child, so that in a few decades the child would be able to play back that recording and experience what it feels like to give birth to themselves. End quote. Fucking hell. (laughs) Jesus Christ. What fevered brain thinks that up? 
Uh, Ernest Klein. Who the fuck would want to? I've been at the birth of two of my children. Yeah, I want frontline as well, mate. I do not want to fucking relive that. Nope. (laughs) (laughs) No, but you wouldn't be reliving it. No, but like I would, I wouldn't want to relive that as like my birth. But watching that, that's fucking crazy. Yeah, that's crazy. Haunting. That concept. concept, (laughs) Would would you, you? You would be. You would be reliving your wife's memory of the birth. Every sensation, every pain. That's oh, what he's no. put into this. No, no, no. That's even worse. It's a reason babies don't have memories, because that kind of trauma. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oof. It's it's full of the namby-pamby bullshit references that the, the first book was really quite heavily criticised for, but a lot of people kind of went with it because it was, it was kind camp. of unusual. It was camp. It was camp, it was, yeah. yeah. But the problem is because Weird Watts has power... And Weird Watts isn't actually that good a character in the first book. He's a bit of a dickhead. Oh, yeah, and he, he does is. a few dickheadish things. But now he is a dickhead with a lot of power. Money. There, and because Ernest Klein isn't a good writer, he tries to <laughs> illustrate that power in ways that make Weird look worse. For instance, there is a kind of running thread through the book where they're trying to suggest that Weird is worried about the kind of the overreach that these technology companies can have because with people digitizing their brains, you can look into anything. You can, yeah. And he has access to it, every like, bit like of minority information and data. Type thing. Sort of, yeah. But he's trying to make a comment on stuff like Facebook owning the amount of data it does on people. Oh, you know, like wow. when when wow. when people's information becomes the product, effectively. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Um, the algorithm. Yeah, but the way Ernest, so Ernest Klein takes this very sensitive subject that you know. A good writer would take a scalpel to, to, to outline, and he hits it with a hammer <laughs> because he has sequences where he basically details weird, quite cavalierly, going into people's um, personal information and just finding out data about them. There's one sequence, and I, do, I was going to find the quote, but when I read the quote back, it's, it's even creepier than it sounds, so I'm just going to give you the kind of the gist of what he does. Oh, God. But there's a, chari- there's, there's a character that he's attracted to, and he goes for some... They have a fight. And then he decides to go into their personal data for some inexplicable reason. And he finds in her file that there is a marker that implies that she was born male. So she's a trans woman. Okay. Okay. And then that goes, the following, the paragraph after that is weird trying to, is weird then just reconciling reconcile this idea. says, oh, well, I was shocked about the fact that she was born a dude. But then I thought, no. I've I've watched gay pornography. I've watched bisexual pornography. I'm fine with this. I don't like that. That no, it's not good. <laughs> it's really fucking bad. And at no point has anybody in the publisher, the big publisher that publishes this book, <laughs> or even when the um, when Will Wheaton was recording the audiobook version, of it, no one has turned to Ernest Klein and gone, "What? What were you <laughs> no thinking?" <laughs> And it's it's the amount of people that a book this big has to go through to get to press. No one's thought to turn around Ernest Klein and go, no, you can't say that. That's that's dreadful. Like so you know as an author, some characters don't earn that kind of like conversation to themselves or thoughts, do they? You can't just pull that out of nowhere. You can't just talk like that. It's just and and as an author, you sometimes you feel like, is it them is 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 it their mind? That they're talking, do you know what I mean? That they're yeah, talking yeah. through yeah. it as themselves through the character, and you're thinking, "Have you earned that as well as an author?" Do you know what I mean? It's yeah, it's 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 a, it, there's a lot of self-insertion of Ernest Klein into yeah, this. Yeah, and I don't like that. I don't like um, that. But it, it's basically showing a very problematic side to his place as an author. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But also his ability as an author because the subjects that he's talking like 
if, if he wanted to talk about Wade being able to overreach like that, yeah. there is a way to talk about that. there is. If he wanted to talk about somehow discovering that this girl that he's infatuated with is trans, yeah. and then Wade having a kind of a personal dilemma with that, like being unsure how he feels about a trans person, that kind of thing. It. it can be done. Yeah. The problem is, like I say, you need a scalpel to do something like Absolutely. that, and he's got a fucking sledgehammer. <laughs> and it's... Oh my god, it is just so bad. And like I said, no one at any point stopped him. Mm. And that's the biggest. Sometimes though, with the author gets bigger than the editors, doesn't it? The the people that are editing that. But I, I see. I don't buy that for this because this is Ernest Klein's third book. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> like Ready Player One was a big, um, a big hit, a very unexpected hit, and it was a it was one that made a lot of money for the publisher because they didn't have to put like Ernest yeah. Klein went to the publisher with the book finished. Like it didn't need anything. They just had to print it on some paper and put it out there. Marked you know? it, yeah. Um, maybe they thought that that would happen again. Yeah. Maybe they thought, yeah. Maybe thought they were just safe. Lightning didn't might bother, strike twice. Didn't yeah. read. Yeah. Didn't bother to like sift through it properly. Mm. Yeah, maybe. Oh, the, he also does, and this is just aside from from anything else. He does the really stupid thing that people who have no ideas do, where the baddie from the first film escapes from prison and gets involved. I hate that. Yeah. Hate it. It's, Hate it. Yeah. Oh fuck me. It is just well, so bad. Does he get involved in being now he's on their side? Yeah, is he good enough? No, 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 he's still no, he's still the buddy. <sighs> okay. Well at least he's still the buddy. What yes. I hear is that Sometimes trope of, the switch now the there. bad guy is good. And you're like, <laughs> why? Why? Loki's a goodie now. Oh, I, t- I mean, something. Yeah. I mean, Loki kind of <laughs> that that's works. I I that out. See that. <laughs> the um the, the the biggest sorry to detract the gadget, but the biggest one of that is Jason Statham in the Fast and the Furious. Oh, God, yeah. Oh, this guy is cool. He's too cool to be a villain now. Let's have him. At, that's how I was at, Let's not forget guys. he did, he did Let's just someone. forget that he killed one of the team <laughs> yeah, and tried yeah. to kill the rest and just had this massive whole plot. He murdered like, Han Solo. Yeah, it's like, come on. Like, <laughs> I just, it's lazy. It is lazy. So I'm, I'm going to end off with, with one more quote. It's not one of the awful ones, but there's. I just want to point out how lazy the way he references things are. Mm. Because again, it's it's like in my book. If you read my book, there are several sci-fi references in there that are buried in the text, and they're there because it amused me. And I've had a few people who've read read it and said, "I noticed that." I was like, "Good on you." <laughs> um, but on this, so this this one's a cool. This is from a d- bit of dialogue, uh, and it's a start obviously a Star Trek reference, and it's uh, it starts with uh, Shoto. One of the characters of the first book saying they're ruminating on something, and he just comes up with like that one TNG episode with Professor Moriarty. Next line, quote, ship in a bottle, H and Artemis said in unison. Like Wow. Yeah, he <laughs> quotes the episode name of wow. things. And also the colloquial abbreviation. Like if you don't know what TNG is, you don't yeah. watch Star Trek the Next Generation, you're put out of that. And that's it's still total, a bad reference. Um, that's Big Bang Theory style, isn't it? That where they just say, yeah. Halo! And everyone laughs. <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> but it's 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 this insipid, horrible kind of knowing nerd culture. And it's not really nerd culture because nerds are better than this. This is just a dickhead in his mid-50s who thinks he's cool. Yeah, because yes. I've got a Pac-Man tattoo. I'm cool. Yeah. So <laughs> the, what were they thinking? Mm. Ernest Klein, what were they thinking? Just him in general. Yeah, Ernest, please write in Ernest. <laughs> what were you thinking? Fan of the show. <laughs> not anymore. No, not after that one. <laughs> so we'll move, we'll move swiftly on to uh, Stig. Okay, um, I made a joke about this on our reboot episode mm. about 
uh, Game of Thrones season eight. You did. And this is very low hanging fruit. <laughs> <laughs> the lowest of hanging. This fruit's on the ground. It's my favorite it's, fruit. <laughs> it's so cliche to rip into this, but I have to because Benioff and Wise had the biggest TV show of all time. Yeah. Of all time, they had the backing of HBO and all the money in the world. They could have they could have seen this out for another four five years, and they decided instead they're going to finish it off with thirteen episodes. Oh. And they're going to finish the final series with six. You're saying it now, and I'm getting angry. I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking <laughs> about it. They set up one of the greatest shows of all time with some of the greatest plot points. And yes, they had the help of George R. R. Martin for the vast majority of this because his books were already out. Yeah. But they had his ideas and where it was going, and and he ha- clearly must have said, right, this is where we're going. Yeah, this, this was his what plan. I'm, this is what I'm doing with this character. This is what it's I'm doing with that setup character. That was for years to get to this point. Yeah. And they just decided to rush everything in six episodes to a very (laughs) unsatisfactory finish. They also turned on the teleport sheet, didn't they? Yeah, (laughs) full of just rushed plot lines, rushed character developments and things that just made absolutely zero fucking sense. Why? And, And if you haven't seen Game of Thrones, if you're still working through it, it is a really good show. It just had an ending that sucked so bad. And... You know, I can't sit here and say, you know, the production wise, this thing is out, you know, another level. It still looked a million dollars. It still looked amazing. It's a bit still... dark on a few episodes. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. The, the, the big fight was the first fight with the dark, with the uh, White, Walkers. White Walkers was just horrendous. I couldn't even make up half the episode. <laughs> Yeah. Has the fight started yet? Yeah, can... yeah. Who paused it? Is this buffering? <laughs> I, I, I I watched it like in all its glorious best it could. I've got I OLED 4K, TV, 4K TV and I couldn't see half of the shit was going on in yeah. that. No, yeah, I desired the same problem. Don't get me wrong, the ending of that episode's brilliant. <sighs> I liked it. Ish. I liked it. No. It gave me the feels. <laughs> But what led up to the end of that episode, like... Oh, that's true. Yeah, there was no... Yeah. No, there's a point at the end of that episode, it's just... Anyway. <laughs> Daenerys. I mean, let's... we have put a spoiler warning. If you want to just rant about whatever Let, it is... Let's that you start know. with Daenerys. She is seen as the hero throughout the rest... Throughout... Yes, she has these little moments She's my favourite character. Where she yeah. goes off a bit... She shows that um, craziness that's meant to be in her blood, doesn't she? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She show, there's often times where, like, but she does that against bad people. She's snapped, it's always in, she? It's always in favour of the downtrodden and the oppressed. Yeah. She is the, as she says, I am the breaker of chains. I will mm. free slaves. I will free cities. And I, you know, she's she might do mad things, but she does it for the good of the people. Yeah, but then. Ah, I'm just gonna fucking burn everyone alive. It's gonna be the baddie now for no reason. I'm gonna be the baddie. Night, the, <laughs> that, that, the Night that, King's de- the Night King's dead. We need a new baddie. Oh, <laughs> we've got three episodes left. Let's make it. Let's make it, Daenerys. Why? That, Why? That, ch- that that change. If they wanted to do that, which could have been again like a bit like Ready Player Two, it could have been done well. But that needs like a three season build up for a, yeah, a character I change agree. like that. Yeah. She basically. Sorry. You can't, you can't do it because the, I remember the precise point where it is, the second to last episode, and she's sat on the back of um, the dragon looking over King's Landing and she just starts breathing heavily yeah. and re- looking really mad and then burns the fucking city down. 
<laughs> <laughs> after after Tyrion begged her. After she'd yeah. already won. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. she'd already King's won. King's Landing is hers. And no, I'm just going to kill everyone. Like, the thing that How sets her How many children off, are going to grow up being named Daenerys because of the show? <laughs> oh, and yeah. then they're going to end up finding out how great a character she is until... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, right, listen, I have no problem if that was where Daenerys was ending up. And I pretty much believe that that is where George R. R. Martin had her character going. Really? But it happened. Yeah, I think that's exactly where she's going. I think that she's shown these tendencies that where, where she... Yeah, the seeds were sown, weren't there? Yeah, the seeds were sown. But it happens like, uh, Miss Sande gets killed and then it's like, everyone's against me. And everyone, and you're like, what? Yeah, what? Everyone's everyone's on your side. Yeah. Like We're all and, shit but, scared of you for what? Yeah, she's like so upset that her friend got killed and mm. she's got she's paranoid and all this happens in the space of one episode and a dragon got killed because, and I'll quote the writers, <laughs> because she forgot about the Golden Company. Yeah. She forgot that a armada of ships were coming over the sea while she was flying a dragon. The world's it. biggest armada. Yeah, she just <laughs> forgot. What the? What well, kind of? Also, I, want to, I want to point out the the ability of a, of a Euron to shoot a dragon out the sky from a moving boat. Yeah, and like, with a ballista. Mad skills. Mad like, skills. I mean, is that right? You can kind of see three sixty no scope. Maybe take maybe <laughs> taking her by surprise, but that's but like it's just. And then, like, she, she runs away. She's like, oh, I can't fight these ships. But literally about two episodes later, she then destroys all the scorpions at King's Landing with a dragon. Yep. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. the scorpions were made up to be this hor- horrible threat against her. And when, when it actually came to King's Landing, nope, super easy. Barely an inconvenience. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely reference there. But, yeah, she... Um, yeah, same with the Golden Company. Built up, built yeah. up as these are. These, this is the best army you could get. Yeah. These guys are trained like for like these guys will fight the unsullied, and it'll be a fucking great battle. They will, oh, that you would know, have been amazing. Oh, these been. guys will come together, and, and it's the two best armies of all time fighting. Yeah, they're just wiped out. Yep. in an instant, nothing cooked. Yeah, so like you did. That's all rush, and then I, mean, I, I just don't want to. I could just get through everything, but like John's <laughs> character, they built up all this. Rhaegon Targaryen, Lyanna Stark stuff. I'm going to shag my auntie sh- now. Just get shoved to the side. <laughs> what is the point in spending all that time building up these flashbacks and this? And John is a Targaryen. Fuck, he is the embodiment of ice and fire. He is what that book is named after. Yeah, he's, he's, yeah. he's the main the books, character. If you don't know, the books aren't called Game of Thrones. They are called A Song of Ice and Fire. And that's who he John is. John Snow is ice and fire. Yeah. He is the North, the Starks, and the Targaryens. The bastard. Yeah, and he is that, and and it's just nothing. You know, just as, about. As, as as John himself in the show says, I don't want it. Yeah, yeah. John just goes there. <laughs> yeah, I don't, don't want it. Yeah, and then oh man, where are we? Like uh, oh, character redemptions. Jamie <gasps> Lannister, one of the most hated characters in the first couple of seasons, goes yeah. through three or four series of a massive redemption arc. Yeah. You think right? It's him and Brienne. Yeah, like he sleeps with Brienne. Like ditches her and goes back straight back to Cersei in like an episode, and he and somehow manages to get into King's Landing, like around all of the armies, just like With sat the outside. Shittest death scene. He made ever. Oedipus yeah. look fucking weak. So unsatisfying. It was. But like, also in the process of doing that, though, ru- manages to also ruin uh, Brienne's character. 
because her ending is effectively her crying over crying a man, over which, man. Yeah. which just spends like the previous four seasons that she's in. I am no man. Being the strongest woman in the world. <laughs> Literally, she <laughs> beat the, the hound. Fe- yeah, she beat the hound. She was, she's like, like you know, Arya and Sansa are trying to be portrayed as having to be women who have to be strong because of mm. the situation they're in. Brienne is portrayed as a badass. Yeah. She she's a one woman war. She's yeah. incredible, and then she, yeah, she's left in a crying heap because a man jilted her, and that's yeah. her ending. He's fuck pretty handsome off. though. He is a handsome fellow, but just fuck just right just off. for Tormund. Tormund should have got the big lady. He's also a and, Leeds fan, which helps. Oh yeah, and yeah, and that's the other thing as well. Tormund not like like getting jilted by her. I was yeah yeah, I'll but be, like but her ending, Cersei's ending as well. She, I think. Outside of Joffrey, she's mm. she's the most heinous character on that show. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and she got let off lightly. A building oh, yeah. collapsed on her. No it justice whatsoever. Nope. It's a massive troll move. Oh, you thought Cersei was going to get like cooked spiked alive. through the heart, or yeah. cooked alive, or eaten yeah. by a dragon? No, she just had a building fall on her. Gravity, yeah. the ultimate Fuck. killer. Off. But, but of course, <laughs> yeah. the stupidest part, and not taking a, taking apart the fact that all the seasons the D and D worked on were stupid, <laughs> not Wizards of the Coast who make Dungeons and Dragons, but I'm talking about Ben yeah. Off and Weiss. Um, the the stupidest part I found, and I'm not talking about the idea of bringing a White Walker from beyond the wall down to King's Landing to prove a point, because that's incredibly stupid. Um, or the ty- or the fact that everyone seems to have fast travel enabled in this world. Yeah, they put the cheeks um, on. From season seven, everything is yeah. just like we need to be here with there. Yeah. yeah, but for me, for me, for me, it's it's it is the exact way it ends. It's that council at the very end mm. where they says we need to elect a new king. Who's it going to be? And Tyrion walks up there and says. It should be the one with the best story, I'm thinking. Who better? Okay, so, oh, okay, so we're going to say John. John, or Sansa, no. or Arya. Yeah, any of the Stark children. Or Tyrion himself. Yeah, or Tyrion himself. No, Bran the Broken. Like, <laughs> hang on a second. No, he's now the Three-Eyed Raven who's going to live for 1,300 years. And he doesn't <laughs> even care forget, about mankind. Let's not forget Bran the Broken, right? Well, he, for, he's got a, such a great story that for one whole season, he wasn't even in it. Yeah. yeah. But he's, uh, the, the, let's not forget, his powers were never explained. What the fuck yeah. is he? Who is the Three-Eyed Raven? He, he turned into a bird during the fight at Winterfell with, a, with the White uh, Walkers. That's it. It never explains what he is, why the Night King wanted him, or anything. <laughs> we just are left with all these just dangling plot He's the absolute Tom Bombadil. Never, That's what he we is. We never got <laughs> to find out what it all meant. And it's just like, I don't get it. Who who better than Brand the Broken Story? His story is shit. I hated <laughs> reading about him when I read the books. I hated seeing him on screen. He is the worst character. His plotline is the worst character. I thought they were going to yeah. give it to Sansa, me. And like, Sansa would have made more sense. Yeah, yeah Sansa would have made more sense. She's been on a much better journey. Yeah. From where she got, she literally went from like, oh, oh King Joff, Prince yeah. Joffrey, I love you. I want to be with you to being like an absolute Badass. Fucking hero, and badass woman. Yeah. Like it's just like her. Her arc is fucking incredible. She was and queen yet, of the north. For God's sake. Yeah. Well. Which, I mean, I, I mean that absolute stone cold badass moment where she where she ends Ramsay Bolton is incredible. Oh, yes. Yeah. These these dogs are loyal to me. You've beaten them and haven't fed them for a week. Or the bit. Mm. Or the bit with. Or the bit with uh, Littlefinger. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Like so it's, good. <sighs> just. He's getting angry. Powers. Look how angry he I is. I am. I am. It's just whining. I don't know what I shouldn't have chosen this subject. It's whining me right up because <laughs> like, they just had 
that show was just like I remember I I never watched the first series when it came out. Everyone said you got to watch, got to watch this, and I watched it. And the end of season one when they're what a good ending. Season nine, that sword swings down, and I'm like, "Eh, next episode, someone's going to come out with an arrow or something, or someone's going to shout, "Stop!" No, literally like thirty frames into the episode, that sword goes through his neck. (laughs) Go through his neck, and it opens up with blood on the sword, and you're like, "Fuck, this show can go anywhere." And then the last two series just descended into. Typical. I think what, what I mean like, to play devil's advocate. Stuff. To, to play devil's advocate on this. I think the show got bigger than the writers. The writers. No, are I, th- I, th- I think I think the writers one didn't give enough of a shit about it. Yeah, you probably two, wanted to end it. Yeah, and two were only able to adapt things yeah. rather than write anything mm, original yeah. because everything that happens in the first five seasons book pretty much happens in the book they shift a few things here and there yeah, for a few, purposes, few name isn't changes isn't it few name changes but there's nothing really original there no mm. whereas when they're forced to write it themselves they actually don't know what to do mm. and also bear in mind that they they wanted to do that 13 episode run because they'd gotten the nod for star wars yeah which they've lost now yeah. Which they've lost after, wah, after wah, the outcry wah. from that. Yeah, but yeah, they're the not for stars, so they wanted to kind of wrap things up with the HBO when they really could have handed it off to somebody else. Like the show, shows have changed showrunners before. Yeah. Like Doctor Who changes them every fucking three years. But you know, like someone else could have led that show to a decent ending, taking the same plot points that they worked with because from what they said in interviews George R. R. Martin told them how he intends the books to end mm. so they had all that information leading up so but they could have handed it over to another set of showrunners who could have written the original stuff and made it less stupid yeah like turned it into a musical Ed <laughs> oh, oh. that's less about that that's but I, I I do you know what I have no problem with Bran being elected the king if it makes sense if I read that final book by George yeah. R. R. Martin, whenever it comes out, if it's it ever comes out, out. <laughs> I think the reason why it's taken so long now is because he's just got to scribbled it all out and gone, fuck me, it's I've got to redo this. because he's working on Elden Ring, isn't he? Which will be released this year. But I have no, no, no problem. I have no problem with... We're going to smash his <laughs> I have no problem with, like, uh, uh, Daenerys turning, Bran being the king, the way it ends like that. Yeah. If it makes sense. If he writes a novel and it leads up to it, actually... you would be like, okay. Yes, Right, I know why this is. I know why that happened, and I know why that happened. But they were given the opportunity to do that over the next four years, and they just couldn't be asked. And we got a half-assed finished. It was just like, oh, but look how pretty and amazing it looks, and it does. Mm. But the storytelling is just absolute fucking shit. We spent so much time with Arya about learning her skills, and we saw her use it once with the. Um, phrase. with a phrase which was amazing yeah. I absolutely oh, yeah. love loved that, that. yeah I did but then all of a sudden she somehow manages to get through the other White Walker like kings or princes or whatever they are and stabs the the Night King it's like where the fuck did she come from and why did they do and the smartest man alive Tyrion is hiding in the crypts where dead bodies uh, are and, <laughs> and you're like everything just doesn't make he drinks make and he sense. knows things and it's so <laughs> yeah. rushed it feels so rushed that there's like do you remember all the the Internet things about Starbucks cups and yeah, yeah, yeah. on the table uh, and other things being spotted like a bottle of water. You know that uh, council. Some, someone a, had a converse on as well in one scene. Yeah, it's yeah. like it's like they just couldn't even be asked with post editing. Yeah. Like shit, we better we better. That's like let's just get this out. I just yeah. I'm done, and There's, I just think yeah. Uh, um, f- what were they this, thinking? What were they thinking in <laughs> rushing the greatest? What, what could potentially be 
the greatest TV show of all time. You could mark that down. I created the greatest TV mm. show of all time, and it would have done, but I couldn't be asked. In I the think end, and because I of that ending, because of that ending, I think the the Sopranos is still the greatest TV show ever made. Yeah, it's Sopranos yeah. is still number one for me. Because of that I ending, think, and I, I, think, I, 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 want, I think I want also to... you'll probably you'll probably notice that HBO have been a little bit more hesitant Absolute, in, I was, yeah, in doing I big that. budget things. Yeah, like there hasn't been there's a few Game little dramas, ended. haven't there? They've done a few little drama, but like limited ones. Like they did like Chernobyl, which yeah, was four, yeah. with Sky, which did was like four did, seasons, uh, and four episodes, well. and stuff like that. Watchmen. And Watchmen, yeah. but limited seasons, not mm. anything long running. Or it's like it's like now Disney with like Disney Plus and Marvel, and that they're starting to like commit to huge series that will yeah. do something. But HBO, I think they're a bit gun shy on it now. <laughs> yeah, I want to leave the Game of Thrones chat with yeah, what, I, I, with sorry, yeah, no, it's fine with what um I've with what got too um, much to say about it. Sean Let's move Bean, on. Sean Bean said. Um, uh, do you know when the, the, the final episode came out, someone asked him about it and Sean Bean went, what, that show's still going? He didn't have a clue. <laughs> he didn't have a clue. <laughs> so we'll move on. For England, to- James. <laughs> For England, James. We'll move on to uh, Biggie. So, yes, um, once again, I'd like to acknowledge um, the additional sacrifice that Gadget does for the show in editing and putting Uh-oh. all the extra hours that he puts oh, dear. in. Uh, including the Dungeons and Dragons, uh, which was superb. If you haven't caught that, please do. What were we thinking? So <laughs> I decided I to <laughs> sacrifice some of my own time by watching this travesty of a movie. <laughs> it's Speed 2. Wasn't it called something like Speed 2? What boat did I do? Oh, it's cruise control. Cruise control, it? not yeah. boat speed. Oh, my God. So Cambridge Dictionary defines the word speed as how fast <laughs> something moves, of which this movie has completely forgotten to add this in. <laughs> It's, you must indulge me because I've made some notes. Oh, I have dear. seen this movie before, but I felt like I had to watch it for this. And I wish I hadn't. It has not A, got better or aged well. So inspired by a recurring nightmare of the director, Jeanne de Bont, <laughs> it stars Sandra Bullock as Annie from the first movie. And for some reason, Jason Patrick as Alex who replaced Keanu Reeves, who dropped, I tell you, not 12 million to play Jack. Again, he dropped that. Because he read the script. Because he knew we were on a boat. <laughs> he, went, he went on to uh, make The Devil's Advocate. I don't think Keanu Reeves made many mistakes, to be fair. He's, he's done all right yeah. with his career, hasn't he? Back from two Matrix sequels that apparently exist. Never heard of him. Uh, that English accent in um, Dracula was probably oh, a God, big misstep yeah. for his I career. I know where yeah. the bastard lives. <laughs> <laughs> and incredibly, Gary Oldman was up for the villain for this role at one point. But luckily, he passed on to... They all read William the fucking Defoe. script, didn't they? Oh, it's yeah. <laughs> oh it is Defoe, isn't it? Yes. Oh, shit. Many actors were considered to replace Reeves, including, I shit you not, John Bon Jovi... <laughs> Patrick Muldoon Christian Slater of course Billy Zane amongst others Bullock initially suggested Matthew McCogany but he McCogany 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 alright 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 McCogany sorry I don't know where I got McCogany from (laughs) 
<laughs> Unless he's an actual actor that people have never heard of. No, so no. we might have to go with that. Mahogany. Is tell you what, this mahogany. Speed, Speed 2 is such a Christian Slater film, I cannot oh, yeah, believe he didn't do it. Yeah, it would have been yeah, perfect. Christian Slater it, right? It's a good job it's not um, uh, Billy Zane either, because he's already had a running with a boat film, hasn't he? Didn't, he has. Didn't go down well. <laughs> <laughs> so... The only <laughs> the only bit of speed is at the beginning of this movie as Alex is introduced as a cop on a motorbike chasing an ice cream truck with stolen goods in it. And that's because it. of course. It's <laughs> not the most ex- it's not the most exciting chase scene, and this is intercut with Bullock taking her driving test, which is surprisingly not going well. <laughs> they have decided to make this movie more of an action comedy than the original. The couple because it then becomes introduced as to explain why Keanu Reeves passed on this movie, they've decided to go on a cruise to work on their relationship. And they ended up going on board the real Seaborne Legend cruise ship, which went to the Caribbean. Did you work on that one? Uh, no, I have actually seen that ship. Wow. Oh, it's a real ship? Yes. Oh. Also on this cruise is the deranged former cyber employee, Geiger, who has somehow... Fuck off, is that his, his former... name? Geiger. Yeah. Due to somehow, due to his former role, has ended up dying of copper poisoning. John Bad so, Guy. To confirm just how deranged he is, on top of any medication he's taking, he has brought along jars of leeches who allegedly suck out the copper in his blood as he fuck? bathes with them. I mean, it's just utterly insane. And this is one of my favourite scenes. There's a great dinner scene where various background characters of imminent peril are introduced. As the eight, whilst eating in the restaurant, his eighties pop band UB40 are, are playing one of their famous red, red hits. Wine. Now, due to my career originally on cruise ships, I can tell you that UB40 would have been more of a headline act, yeah. you know, like advertised that they're going to be on this cruise as opposed, act. as opposed to a house band playing their hits whilst everybody is on their second Don't course. you usually get an Elvis Presley impersonator on a cruise ship? It is just unbelievable. So then, oh God, God, um, imagine when you when you took me into your main course and you hear red 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 wine for the thirteenth uh, time. Oh, wow! <laughs> yeah, yeah, they would have run out of hits quite quickly. And there's a rat in the kitchen, which would not have gone down well. Not when you eat your um, dinner. <laughs> then uh, Geiger then proceeds to pretend to stagger around the bridge, which is brilliantly easily accessible for passengers, and he stumbles around, and whilst not very subtly adding transmitters under the desk oh, uh, the God. desk the command centre of the bridge. <laughs> And uh, there's thick wires everywhere. He proceeds to uh, set up his cabin um, with what looks like a command centre of an aircraft tower. Um, and he brings on mini explosives, which are all hidden away within his golf clubs. Um, <laughs> he hilariously kills the captain in one of the most ridiculous ways ever committed to celluloid. And to very briefly explain this, he ends up taking out a character and wears a captain's sort of, uh, sorry, an officer's uniform mm. and he's looking over the side of the ship. So then the actual captain comes past. He springs on him by swinging <laughs> one of the lamps that is attached to the side of the ship. So he swings this 
like almost like a microphone arm. Yeah. He swings the lamp round. The captain initially dodges it, then steps forward to say, what are you doing? And then he swings the lamp again and tries to hit him. He ties this five times where the captain goes in and out, in and out, dodging the arm of the light. And then they have a tassel, and then he pushes it's the It's like fucking Laurel and Hardy. I, I genuinely thought you were going to say, he swung the light, he moved out the way, and he went back, and then the light came yeah. back and knocked <laughs> him over the shit. <laughs> it was just ridiculous. So then the captain goes overboard. And just, just bear with me, this is Will- Willem Dafoe doing this. Yes. Wow. He then <laughs> sets the explosives off all around the ship. Is he grinning like Green Goblin as well? He does. He takes out all of the access for some unexplained reason to the automated system software, which he created. Of course. Which he then forces the staff captain to abandon the ship in a very limited period before the ship goes off again. Cue an overlong tender accident as one of the life rust comes loose and they're trying to evacuate. It just is one of the strangest, most unexciting scenes of trying to get these passengers off the ship. Nothing really happens. They're all safe. Um, then there's another great scene where some passengers are trapped behind huge fire doors that are remotely shut by Geiger. When they close... Geiger. All I can think is Geiger! The, um, like Geiger. The, the passengers are panicking and they're screaming because they can't get out. And he somehow ends up finding a chainsaw round the corner and cuts the door out so that people can escape. But what she actually does in the movie is cut around the door handle that opens the door. Wow. <laughs> now, these fire screen doors, they shut, but they are never locked. So you can actually open them. But they're all panicking, hitting the door, going, we can't get out, we can't. Use the fucking handle. Well, no, it's, well, the- well, no, no. it's essential to use the ship issue chainsaw to cut through the metal door. Everybody <laughs> the knows Break that. glass it's, in it's, case it's of in, emergency. It's, yeah, it's, it's in the pamphlet that you get when you come aboard, don't you? You worked on these things. You should know this fine. Emergency <laughs> chainsaw. <laughs> This vision of a, a chainsaw behind the glass, like, put through and there's the chainsaw. <laughs> so then um, Geiger finally then sets the ship on course to crash into an oil oh, tanker. Oh, about this. And whilst this is all <laughs> going like five on, five knots. he proceeds to ransack the vault of the ship and steal millions of pounds worth of diamonds. Why is that there? Well, exactly. The shit. film proceeds to have the slowest collision course ever. And, it, and I, I tell <laughs> you what, it, right ahead. it hilariously cuts back to a view of the ship heading towards you on the camera, and then it flashes back to nearly three miles away <laughs> is an oil tanker. If you want, guys, you can going, just use oh the ladders God, and climb off slowly. We're still heading towards is, it. Is this, is this crash just like the Austin Powers scene I was on, say on, on the steamroller? <laughs> Get out the way! I'm going to floor it! It's exactly like that, I'm telling you. Oh. Um, eventually, the ship um, narrowly... Are we spoiling the ending, guys? Yes, we are. I'm going to spoil it for you so no one has to watch Oh, we're doing a live watch along. Eventually the ship... I'd have to. ...is heading towards the oil tank. It is averted last minute, and as it turns away, it ends up heading towards the dock of St. Martin. No way! And then every comedy trope is thrown in at this point. As the ship careers towards the dock and through the dock, it includes a boat that avoids the incoming ship and somehow manages to find a ramp nearby and launches out the water ramp. and careers into a building. There is a dog barking at the ship and then runs off scared. This 
So a, a lady on the phone talking to a relative as the ship goes past and she turns around and goes, oh my God, there's a ship. There are people diving off the quay like professional divers. There's a couple having sex in a building no that's just way. crushed. There is a shopkeeper who goes to open for business, looks out the door, sees the ship coming and turns the sign round to say closed. Oh. It is just... Oh, can, can, just... Can, 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 I, can I just <laughs> step back, just scrub back a little bit there? A cruise ship... Yep. Several million tons. Yeah. Enormous yep. things. Side of a city. Yeah. It's a ramp. Launches up. Into the arcs. No, yeah. not, not, not a little boat. ship launching the into ramp. the, the, the little, little boat. boat. I was, I was going to, I think I, I must have blacked out when you, when you started talking about a little boat. But yeah. You do know that cruise ships can do 360s in the air and stuff. You don't know that. <laughs> yeah. Tony Hawk on it. Um, and then it finally ends with the dock coming to a stop and the bow, the tip of the bow. It's a bell in a tower ding. that just goes. Oh, ding. Fuck off. And then <laughs> just fuck it, off. <laughs> it, then it drops its anchor, which naturally it's the dog. crashes careers into a car, and the owner of the car comes out from the convenience store and goes, "My car! I only just bought this car. <laughs> God damn it! I just paid this off on Tuesday." <laughs> <laughs> wow. Just, so how fast do they say the boat's going? Do they ever mention it? How fast does a cruise ship 17. go? 17.5 knots. Not fast then, no? Not in this movie, no. <laughs> it's about 30, um, 30 oh, miles an hour, if that's that reminds Something me, like there's that. A, one of the um, officers, a Scottish guy, he's trying to explain as the ship is careering towards the dock and they're trying to slow the ship down and he's standing there and he's going, it's at 16 knots! And then it comes back to him as the ship is crashing around oh, wow. and he's now going, it's 11! And it's still <laughs> slowing down. It's not getting faster, it's slowing down. And then eventually, as the ship almost comes to an end, he gets thrown to the floor. He still looks up at the speed of the ship and he goes, It's still two knots. Wow. I mean, it's just. So you recommend <sighs> it then, yeah? I might need to watch this. Oh my God. It, I the sense of peril it was. is just ridiculous. The acting is poor. There is no chemistry between the leads. I like the Sandra phone. Bullock when she's having fun as well. But she's awful in she's this. She's great in demolition, she's good, man. But she's awful. Yeah. The phone naturally hams it up. And he has a real wily coyote death at the end involving oh, no. this plane that he tries to escape in, crashes into an oil tanker's mast. Oh. His eyes pop out like, oh my God. <laughs> and then he gets stuck on the mast and then he cackles. He laughs like the green goblin sitting in this plane. His oil drips out. He looks at it. He's still laughing that he's about to die. And then the whole oil tanker blows up. It's not it even does. the shit it does. blows up. So there's a massive the natural. There's a ma- massive um like disaster because there's oil all crude oil all over the ocean. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. Did I not mention that at the end? No, not at all. <laughs> so and uh, it's just so awful. It completely forgot to make what the first film was, and it was exciting. I like and speed. It's, it's a good I film. I really like speed. You've got it's Dennis Hopper. He's a great buddy in that. I love speed. I think it's. This this movie had a budget of 110 million dollars. That was just the boat, surely. And it ended up making 164. Oh, that's not good. It bombed. So it is, in fact, on a list of the worst sequels of all time lists all around. I'm just going to jump ahead um, Mm. to our some of our listener feedback because we do have a speed two one in there, and I just want to read that out. Yeah, go for it. it. He says, "My friend Dominic Skelton said speed two I read somewhere that the entire film was written basically to set up the ship crashing into the harbour scene. That explains a lot. <laughs> in fact, a quarter of the budget was spent on that scene alone. Yeah. Sounds like they had, they had this idea and we just went, 
just trying to figure out some kind of plot around it. You can just picture like Keanu Reeves getting down. Oh, no script for Speed Two. Reading it, going, no, oh, forget that, <laughs> forget that. <laughs> it's on a ship. It's not fast. It, it might be in the water. It might go fast in the water, but it doesn't give that impression of speed. It's mm. just... Would you all like to hazard a guess at the Rotten Tomatoes score for this? Oh, twelve percent, thirty. I know this. Thirty percent. Twelve from Stig. What was that? Who does thirty? 30. Biggie? I know what it is. Oh, you know what it is? Four percent. Oh, jeez, Louise. With an audience score of 16 percent. That's low. What's that compared to the first? The first is good, Yeah. Yeah, I was looking on Letterboxd then just to see what it's like, and a lot of people I follow, my friends on there, are just like one stars, and the top rated comment is, why does this film exist? (laughs) (laughs) So... So I think I think this must be the greatest fall from grace. So the audience score for the original Speed, nineteen ninety four, is seventy six percent. The critical score is ninety four percent. Speed's good. It's really good. Yeah. But, and this is just aside from everything else. But the, when you look on Rotten Tomatoes, it says you also might like if you like this film kind of section <laughs> where it links films together. Um, Entrapment. Yeah, yeah. Good. I like that film. Uh, Eight Legged Freaks. I've never watched that. And Lost in Space. No, don't watch that. Don't watch that. Don't watch it. Danger, danger. Don't watch it. So, don't watch and in fact, the, the, the fact that Annie, the character, has obviously appeared now in two places where there's been this complete crazy Mate, look at John McClane. He's done it five right, yeah, times. Yeah, right, yeah. So it's a coincidence that she happens to be there twice. Mm. But also in this movie is the wonderful Glenn Plummer, who's the black guy who has his car stolen in Speed no 1. Way. He appears in this movie, right? <laughs> he turns up when he sees the ship careering through the dock. He goes, oh, my God, I've just bought a condo here. Oh. And then he's in a boat traveling towards that. Jason Patrick has to jump on that little speedboat to try and capture Will, William Defoe. And he turns around and he says, um, give me one good reason why I should help you. Jason Patrick says, because I'll push you off the boat. <laughs> <laughs> and the guy says, that's a good enough reason. I, I mean, mean, it is a good enough reason. It's just awful. It is so, so bad. Oh, oh my God. It, it was, it's got a lower score than Son of the Mask. Oh, there's I've another one. There's another one. What the fuck were they thinking? <laughs> so, uh, Biggie, to that sum it up, sum it up with uh, Speed 2, Cruise Control, what were they thinking? Cash grab? What were they thinking? <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Excellent. So, guys, cast your minds back to 2009. Ooh, that's, that was a long time ago. There's been a lot of beer go through this head. The top two selling movies in 2009 are Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince and Ice Age Dawn of Dinosaurs. NASA, that's a depressing year. N- NASA launches the final space shuttle mission to the Hubble Telescope. Mm-hmm. Uh, in May, Barack Obama is inaugurated as the 44th President of the United States. Mm-hmm. Michael Jackson dies in strange circumstances and brings worldwide outpouring of grief. And also, okay. and this has been swept under the rug, EA, Electronic Arts, did probably the worst PR fumble in history that people like to forget, but I never did. Think of this. The Godfather 2 game is being released. So the PR team thought, I've got a good idea. I'll read this to you. A classic PR move is to send something to the media that is related to the game that you are promoting. Perhaps it is mm-hmm. a letter written from the game's protagonist or a replica item from the game recreated for a realistic effect. Can anyone remember what EA sent 
in the PR oh, press kit. Oh, I think kit. I have. Oh, it did it send a horse's head? Did it send like a nope. horse's replica horse's so head? So EA decided <laughs> that they wanted to send the media an item from The Godfather 2, specifically brass knuckles. <laughs> it was quickly discovered that sending out these items was illegal in many US yeah. states, including California, where EA is based. A further mm. dilemma occurred when EA sent a message around to the media asking them to send back the brass knuckles, having realised their significant <laughs> error. However, and full points if you have already spotted the problem, if the media were to send them back, they would be breaking the law by shipping weapons to California. <laughs> yeah. So it was very messy and not a good look for EA. And a lot of people say they have not bounced back since then. <laughs> no. What were EA thinking? <laughs> that, 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 that was part of a weird time for EA because their, their marketing team, I think they were all huffing glue or something like that because there was... <laughs> Because there was, do you remember the uh, "Your Mom Hates Dead Space" yes uh, ad campaign? Yes, where they where they basically just played some of the most violent death sequences from yeah, Dead Space yeah, One right. and Two yeah. yep. to a load of not middle aged women who were uh, <clears throat> outwardly not gamers. Like they'd said, yeah. "We do not play video games. We do not like video games." So they said, "What do you think of this?" Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, "Oh no, that's horrible. That's vile. It's disgusting." And that became the marketing campaign where they took all the spicy things. It's just like. And and gamers around the world went, what, what are you doing? Yeah, stop it. Stop <laughs> doing this. So the PR team thought we need to do something better than this. Do you remember the game Dante's Inferno? Yes. Yes. So <laughs> the campaign, the PR campaign for Dante's Inferno was, how much of a sinner are you? <laughs> so at E3, they had a uh, competition to win a trip with uh, two sexy, what they used to uh, refer to as booth babes. That's not my words. That's their words. Um, no, that's what they, they were established. That's what they were just called. Yes. Yeah. And, and all expenses paid night out with these two booth babes to strip clubs and all this stuff, <sighs> all this sin. Uh, there was a little caveat at the bottom of the, uh, the competition. We do not endorse any sexual nature or alcohol in this in this campaign so uh yeah another pr blunder so basically what it is it was a photo op with two yeah. booth babes <laughs> pretending that you were in a nightclub and a strip club and stuff but they all had like cans of coca-cola and stuff because like they weren't allowed alcohol yeah. <laughs> um basically what i wanted to discuss was the pr blunders that ea have done Throughout their history, God, we don't have enough time. We mate. don't. I was but... going to say, <laughs> they also... shit to do. I've got to get this edited. Maybe even days. They did a PR stunt with um, Diego Maradona. Um, meet Diego Maradona. He never turned up. <laughs> <laughs> she was drunk and on cocaine somewhere. Um, they also did an army of two um, competition where. Pose with your best rifles and things like that, and send us it. Yeah, they've done they've done that a few times. They like pose with your guns, and <laughs> yeah. um, there was also one for I can't remember, I didn't write it down a game with um, a, a game about animal killing and showing your best hunts and stuff like this. They are the worst PR team in history. So much to the fact that they destroyed any chances they have with Star Wars and things like that. Mm, so yeah. The main thing I want to discuss is Star Wars Battlefront 2, the recent oh, yes. release. What were they thinking? 
I'll tell you what they were thinking in the boardroom. Here, John, we've got Star Wars license. Battlefront 1 was a hit. Battlefront 2. How can we make more fucking money? I know. Most of the game is locked behind, <laughs> behind loot boxes. Because of this company, the law has changed, has changed now because of this company. What were they thinking? <laughs> yeah, oh, it, loot it, boxes. It, 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 yeah, it's yeah. it's it's impressive when a company fucks up so much that governments take action. Yes. The slow, <laughs> the things in this world that are slower than speed two. Yeah, governments. <laughs> yeah, yeah, only marginally faster than glaciers, <laughs> and yet they mobilize on loot boxes because of Battlefront Two. It's incredible. It's one of the funniest things I, ever. I, I remember. I think when I was listening to TCGS, I think. Dave said, "So, like, do you reckon that one of them just got done over by like loot boxes? Just like, I'm fucking gonna have to do something about yes. this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably. Because like the 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 PR with all this, like, that's the main. That's EA's people always say, oh, EA are bad, EA are bad, and stuff like that. But but the PR and and the the obviously the corporate side to that company, they're just absolute crackers. They're, it's as if they don't know." What made them a success in the first place? Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. you think you think back to how football games were back then, and it's and this is not just before online. They had online elements to these games already, and they had a full fledged like football game, FIFA and stuff like that, and it was brilliant. And then something just fucking happened. They snapped, and it just went crazy. And I don't I don't get it because I know it is money, and I get that it's a business, but. They were preying on people, and it really upsets me. The loot boxing, I don't have a problem with cosmetic items. If I don't, buy that I don't. Stuff. That's your bag, you do that. But to lock, like you say, the game content behind this with no idea what you're getting. With kids that have access to people's yep. credit cards, man. Yeah, it's paid to, to win stuff. Yeah. It's oh. me off so, so much. Like, I just want to, if anyone works for EA listening to this, I want to ask you, what were you all thinking? <laughs> Stop it. The, the, the problem with the video game industry, I'm, I don't want to get, I'm not going to get too far into this one because no. I could talk about this for hours, but the problem with the video game industry is it's an industry that is very young. It is. Only 30 or 30, 40 years old yeah. that has only ever experienced growth. Yes. And oh, apart from the Atari disaster, but we'll not talk about that. <laughs> but since the mid-80s, it has consistently grown. Yeah. And you have come when you got in the nineties when companies like EA and that started becoming publicly traded companies that the share the shareholders and investors saw constant growth, constant profit, Absolutely. and constant. And you know it came to the point where like EA and I will you know, focus on EA where EA would just like they wouldn't compete with other com- with other games developers. They would just buy them and bring them in house mm. and stuff like that. And they would expand and expand and expand and expand. So. That can't last forever. The laws of economics say you can't have <laughs> uncontrolled growth for all eternity. Yeah. The shareholders want that. Yeah. But it, and it reaches a point. So it reached a point in kind of like the mid 2000s um, before loot boxes kind of were a thing when the growth of games kind of started to slow down and the shareholders started yeah. getting a bit spooked. Like games were starting to become more expensive to make and they weren't bringing in as much because there wasn't like, you know, it got to a point where got to a point where everybody had an Xbox 360. They yeah. couldn't fucking sell any more of the bastard things. It was that it was that like five years where even E3 was like dwindling and stuff, wasn't it? They yeah. had all these mad um, ideas. So, so that's when EA came out with the idea of like, okay, well, 
You see that pre-owned games market? Well, let's fuck that up by putting yeah. in online passes into games where if you bought a game secondhand, you had to pay a £7 yeah. or something like that to unlock the multiplayer because you didn't have a code, yeah. a one-use oh, code that came in the box. Days. Yeah, like Mass Effect 2 had one, which I thought was fucking mental. Yeah. Um, and so they, they got into those. And then when Apple started allowing in-app transactions in their apps, because they were kind of the first to do yeah, that. Yeah, they were, yeah. Um, that's when kind of the games, the games platforms holders, so Sony and Microsoft, and went so okay. Well, why don't we instead of having just big expansions and DLCs, mm. why don't we allow microtransactions <laughs> so someone can <sighs> buy your horse armor or shit like that? And that stuff comes into it. And then EA went, oh, I want that. I really want that trading cards. And then yeah, and then stuff like Farmville came out. It was free. It had the kind of the gacha mechanics in it and stuff like that. And it all kind of grew from there. And EA has just taken the worst aspect of every single one of these money making mm. ideas that smaller companies put together, not including Apple, uh, but like smaller <laughs> companies utilize to survive. And they went, well, we put it in there because we want to take this big giant overweight fat hand, cover it in glue, and just put it on your mm. wallet. You know, and it's. It's a really disgusting attitude to have because when things don't go well, so I've talked about Dead Space before, Dead Space 3 got EA'd. That was one of the first EA games that was riddled with microtransactions, me and Stig know we've been there. (laughs) And bad PR. But that one, that game failed because of those microtransactions, because people were put off for it. So what what did EA do? They just closed down Visceral Games because they were no longer profitable. You know? So... It's they're not as bad as Blizzard are now though. Blizzard are worse, but yeah. they're still one of the worst companies in America for this. And what were they thinking? They were thinking their wallets aren't fat enough. I know, and this is <laughs> it. Break, it breaks my heart as someone that back in the day in the in in the, like my cousin had a Mega Drive, and we used to get EA games like PGA Tour and FIFA and. Just all EA sports in the game. It was a sign of quality. Yeah, it was. Yeah. And, yeah. and then they did they did the EA big stuff with SSX tricky and oh, yep. it was a sign of a medal of honor. For fuck's sake, medal of honor was incredible. And that's not now. No, no, it's not. And it, it's just, I just, I just want to grab someone at EA and say, "What were you thinking?" And in fact, Battlefield Two, Battlefield, sorry, Battlefront Two now. Mm. Is the game it should have been too late. Yeah. when it's released, it's too late. They took, it's too late. They yeah. took everything out. They've made it the game it should have been, but so many people. Yeah, the have fucked moved up off. thing is though, they took all that out of Battlefront Two and put it in um, Plants vs Zombies Two, which kids play. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So yeah, the, and I'm not saying these people are evil. I'm not slighting at game devs and stuff like that. I'm talking corporate. I'm talking PR. I'm talking mm. corporate. I'm talking Those the overlords. I just don't understand what they were thinking, and that's my that's my take on it. And you can disagree with me all you want, and there are baddies and goodies. It's same with Hollywood. It's same with book publishers. It's it's life, social media, no, everything. No one's going to disagree with you on EA, mate. No, nope. not a single <laughs> listener. Yeah, I just I just don't want to say it, it is a massive fall from grace, in my opinion. And they must be sat there now, even the. Shareholders like, yeah, we've made a profit, but no one likes us. <laughs> <laughs> we've lost fucking stars. To be fair, no, to be fair, they'll be like, you know that gif of Woody Harrelson crying into his money? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, yeah. Imagine being the company that loses the rights to Star Wars. Imagine being the company that loses the right to Star Wars to Ubisoft. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's, it's ridiculous, but that's. We've got some honourable mentions that we want to discuss now. Um, <clears throat> we'll just do a little round table again. Uh, we'll start with uh, Gadget. 
Okay, so I've so I've got I've got two because you've just made me think of one of them. Um, first one is going to be uh, EA releasing <laughs> Titanfall two when it did. Oh yeah, oh, what a bad decision! <laughs> a week after Call of Duty and a week before Battlefield one, they release one of the greatest first person shooters ever made, yeah. and no fucker bought it. Yeah. In my top five oh, of the last gen, it's so good. Oh yeah, I same here. Fucking love it. It's amazing single player. It is. It's amazing multiplayer. But you released it in between both of the two biggest online shooters. Yeah. Yeah, what the fuck? He killed it. Yeah, it's on. Yeah, absolutely diabolical. Other one, different kind of diabolical. This is um, possibly one of the worst albums and stupidest concepts ever made. <laughs> the Lou Reed and Metallica collaboration that was Lulu. Oh God! Which? Oh God! <laughs> Worse which than was Saint Lou. Anger. <laughs> yeah, if that's possible, they found it. They found a way to plumb lower depths in Saint Anger. Yes, taking the wry writings of Lou Reed adapting a, a pair of pl- players called the Lulu players, which were about, <laughs> hang on, what does Wikipedia say? Telling the continuous story of a sexually enticing young dancer who rises in German society through her relationships with wealthy men, but who later falls into poverty and prostitution. What a concept. Taking, wow. that, taking that Lou Reed beatnik poetry style yeah. and then applying it to music written by Metallica. And Lars Ulrich. <laughs> and, and, and they thought it was a good, a, a good idea. They thought it was a good idea. What were they thinking? What were they thinking? <laughs> and I'll just end off the best quote on this one from a reviewer, because apparently some people like this, no, but I'm going to stick with people who didn't like this. Chuck Klosterman for the website Grantland, uh, Grantland rather, wrote, If the Red Hot Chili Peppers acoustically covered the, the 12 worst Primus songs for Starbucks, it would be slightly better <sighs> than this. <laughs> 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 a scathing review if I've ever heard one okay uh, we'll move on to Biggie's honourable mention yeah I just wanted to um, give a, a shout out to Joey the TV series I don't know what this is that was it's a spin off from Friends oh. so it just literally when you think of a successful TV series that ran for 10 seasons maybe you could yeah, have ten, stopped ten, ten seasons. Friends isn't it but it was Friends you had that cast that gelled, <laughs> that cast that gelled so well together. You remove all of them and leave one. The worst who, one. The worst friend. Well, no, you see, <laughs> I, I actually like him. I like Joey. I was a big fan of him in the show. But then you remove what made him funny in the show, surrounding with people that are great actors but just don't click, and you just have a really how did poor, they um... poor. TV how series. did they write into the fact that he weren't friends with friends anymore? I don't know people's names in friends. He moved, Sorry, he moved to Hollywood. He moved to Hollywood. Oh, did he? Yeah. <laughs> I've never, never really watched actor. Friends. I was more of a Frasier guy. None of them make an appearance considering he was friends with them for 10 years. Yeah, let's just yeah. not talk to him. <laughs> it's just awful. I mean, it. yes, it might have the odd laugh here and there, but it's situational. Is he still going on this show? No, oh, it God, stopped no. midway through the second series. Oh, wow. Still going on, still going on. It would be like... Be I like don't know. You'd be like a 20... 20... Friends ended in 2004. <laughs> Mate, I've seen like three yeah. Friends episodes. I know, but Jesus, imagine it, that. It was, it, it was destined for failure. As soon as I yeah. heard about this, it just I knew it wasn't going to work. I think Frasier might be the only one that's spun off from something Ooh. where he's actually Ooh, done really sucks. well. Yeah. Sorry, that, that, that's, that, that's giving me one more... What, oh, what go on. They, what go what on. are they thinking? Go on. They're resurrecting Frasier. What the fuck are they thinking? Oh. It's got none of the original actors in, apart from Kelsey Grammer. Oh, they do no. this all the time. No, no, oh, no. No, no, no. You can't have Frasier without having Martin. No, you can't. <laughs> you can't. You're right. The other one that made me think um, that 
when Noodles was talking about the ER ca- ER, EA campaign, <laughs> was, um, do you guys remember, I think it was, was it Resident Evil, I'm going to say either six or seven when that was released, mm-hmm. that as a promo stunt in the UK, they ended up putting body parts around London. Yes, oh my God. Seven. Yeah. Oh they did inform the police. Yeah, they got so <laughs> much bother for this. Jesus Christ. Yeah, they I've did. never heard of that, but that is ridiculous. Oh, oh mate. <laughs> oh, it, it was in the Daily Mail and everything. It was in the air. It was everywhere. Yeah. It was brilliant. I mean, it was a great idea, just poorly yeah. executed. It, it stemmed from the, the, the idea when you bought the collect, the, the ultra rare collector's edition of it. It came with the, right. a USB drive that was like a severed little finger. Yeah, yeah. There's a there's a lot of body horror in Resi Seven. You know, oh, body parts being God. chopped off. So they kind of took that to the next level and put yeah they got like mannequins and like like got the like Tom Savini makeup department yeah. kind of thing to do them up as like real body parts and hit them in alleyways and bins in London. <laughs> I honestly think these PR people think this is a really good idea. Like I was listening to the Empire podcast and one of the questions someone said, "Oh, like what's the worst PR thing you've got?" And I'm pretty sure they said that like when Fifty Shades of Grey came out, they just got like anal beads and dildos oh, sent yeah. to them. Yeah, they did. Yeah, and they're just like <laughs> what, what like. I've still got Why? a box of them in my house. <laughs> the, the Commodore Amiga game, The Last Ninja, yeah. I think it was two, Last Ninja 2, came with a shuriken. Yeah, yeah. It was made out of metal. It's illegal. <laughs> we threw it. We threw it in my mate's um, tree thing at, at the back of his garden, and we lost it. We couldn't find it. It was stuck in a tree oh, somewhere. Someone picked that, that up. Like wow. that episode in Biggie's mates on that episode of South Park, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> with Buzz. <laughs> So I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I've got two honourable mentions before we move on to Stig because I've Stig's probably got some lovely ones. Uh, I've got no. Jaws for the Revenge. So just, just a brief synopsis <laughs> on this one. Yeah, so like the shark is like you killed yeah. my mom. So the brief synopsis is Chief Brody's widow believes that her family is deliberately being targeted by another shark in search of revenge. <laughs> the movie has a zero percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Zero percent. Zero percent and a fifteen percent Metacritic. And the only positive review states that they couldn't give it a zero out of ten due to the movie only having an eighty-nine minute runtime. (laughs) 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 Alarmingly, this movie grossed fifty-one million dollars, and the original movie had a worldwide box office of five hundred million dollars. So there's a massive difference. (laughs) Amazingly, in Jaws, they repeatedly mentioned sharks do not take things personally, but it appears they were wrong. (laughs) <laughs> do you want to know what? Do you want to know who stars in that? Michael Caine, Sir Michael Caine. Michael Caine, yeah, is in that film. And, yeah, and Mark Camillo tells a brilliant story where he thinks that that Michael Caine opened up the script. It said we opened in Barbados or wherever it is, and he just went, "Yep, yeah. <laughs> I'm off on holiday." <laughs> yeah, he saw that it was in Barbados. And he went, "Yep, yeah. yeah, absolutely." And and my my other uh, honourable mention is another PR. Stunt with the um, Dark Souls Hot Wings Challenge. Oh, fuck Can you remember, yeah, I remember that? that. One? I remember that one. Yeah, that, that's when the what was that? basically because um, uh, uh, Namco Bandai is it Bandai Namco or Namco Bandai? I always forget them mixed up. But Namco Bandai, th- those guys, they thought let's let's jump on the fact that this game is hard, and what's harder than a Hot Wings Challenge? <laughs> <laughs> And it just it just went down badly. So yeah, let's. Move. Yeah, it was it was it was a very small restaurant in London. <laughs> it was like it was only on for one day. You, Come you, and try you went this down, black you... town chicken. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the, there's like there was like twelve wings of increasing. It was basically just doing hot ones. Yeah, hot ones. And if you managed yeah. to get through it, you got a limited edition Dark Souls T-shirt, which probably would have been one of those fucking Fruit of the Loom or Gildan ones. Shrink yeah. as soon as you wash yeah. them. You think you think the people that like failed it, they just walked out and they're like, "You died." Yeah, it was, <laughs> <laughs> probably. So we'll move finally on to chicken, uh, Stig with his honourable mentions. Uh, yeah, I mean, I could rant all night about what the fuck we're thinking in the world of wrestling. Oh, I bet. I bet. Fuck me. Triple H and uh, Stephanie McMahon shit. getting married. I mean, there's worse with Triple H. I know if, there you, is. If, you've ne- if you've never heard of Katie Vick, just read up about Katie Vick. Oh, my God. I won't go into too much details, but it was it's probably one of the worst things I've ever done in the <laughs> WWF, WWE. Like, it is bad but like the one for you had like i think the biggest one that i i hate so much is is goldberg um in wcw the guy ran for he, he beat 173 opponents <laughs> without losing off like, camera he's, he's <laughs> off sorcery yeah there was a lot of off camera yeah. stuff that you don't know about but a lot like he, like he's he's, he's telling like this guy was like build up as being like the monster and he just plowed and he through was a people. big guy like oh yeah he's amazing like his character was great yeah, i like goldberg i mean yeah, and he's um, the way they finally defeated him was that someone Scott Hall jumped out with a taser, which yeah. didn't even look like a taser. It looked just like a piece of plastic black metal with like something strapped to it. Protect, like tasered him, and then and then he got power bombed and lost. And it was just like <laughs> the worst fucking end to this massive streak they built up over years. And it was just like. Like the the just the storytelling that is just fucking awful. Yeah. But like I said, I could go on for ages with wrestling. It looks to me like Gadget's looking at the Katie Vick storyline. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I have a man is shook. Leave this con leave this context free for the listeners. But I I, I have just seen the the picture of. Of, of Kane at a funeral wearing his mask, a red T-shirt, blue Kane jeans. as well. It's Triple H dressed as Kane. Yeah, Stand, yeah standing over an open casket of a woman that doesn't exist. <laughs> Just, it is fucking horrendous. <laughs> Fuck me. Oh, it gets brought up as like what one of the worst things I've ever done. Just like, what the fuck were you thinking doing that? Anyway, one of my other big oh, ones. Oh, and, and there's an enema scene. Yeah. Oh, yeah. One of my other ones, uh, which I think is a travesty, is the tre- treatment of Deadpool in Wolverine's Origins. Oh wow! Yes. Yeah, let's close his mouth for one. Yeah, like oh, let's, have a, ca- let's have a character like they teased. Oh, like Wade Wilson's in this. Oh, brilliant! Yeah, and, and he, at the beginning of the film, he is Wade Wilson. It's Wade Wilson, and he's snapping back at Wolverine. He's giving it the whole like you know back yeah. chat and stuff, and it's like the teasing his character, and it's like, and we get Ryan Reynolds. It's Ryan Reynolds again. Yeah. Yeah, but we get to see kind of a little bit what Ryan Reynolds can do with that character. Mm. Then when he's brought back later in the film, <laughs> he's muted. They sewn his mouth shut. He doesn't look like Deadpool. They've got rid of his no. his no costume. famous costume. He doesn't break the fourth wall. He is got blades coming out of his arms. He's got blades yeah. coming out of his arms. Basically, instead of <laughs> what is that? <laughs> Instead of having swords, he's got blades coming out of his arms. And he's basically they basically made him like the bad version of Wolverine, except for some reason now he shoots lasers out of his eyes. Because he got it from Cyclops. (laughs) 
Oh, it's like it, it wasn't the whole thing that so Wolverine was Weapon X and that version of Deadpool's Weapon Eleven or something. Yeah, like oh, yeah. Like, and they called like... it the Deadpool because it was a pool of all the mutants' powers. Oh, yeah, and they teased right at the end, don't they? Like he had his head alive. chopped off. And he's still alive because he's Deadpool, and obviously but Deadpool. canonically, Deadpool, yeah. the good Deadpool, killed him now. <laughs> yes, yes. canonically. So, <laughs> I'm so happy that they finally got to redo Deadpool and Ryan Reynolds because he clearly realised perfect for that. Like, he, he loves the character, so I just don't understand why he went... I mean, I think it's probably because he didn't have the pull yeah, then yeah. that he does now. Well, he, was, he, he was still he's still Van Wilder back then, wasn't yeah, he? Like, yeah, and he's kind of like, oh, I get to play Deadpool, cool. And, and the then, they, then they went... And the Green Lantern. <laughs> yeah. And they went, and this... Oh, there's another one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but then they get to, he gets says, oh, I get to play Deadpool, and then reads it, and goes, fuck's sake. Now he's finally is Deadpool, the proper Deadpool. Yeah. He's gone back and killed that character and said, that was shit. <laughs> Green Lantern was shit. And he blows it, he blows a kiss to Wolverine. In, in my films, I have wiped them out yeah. of my yeah. Deadpool film. So I really love that he's done that. But yeah, just that, just taking that character, teasing Marvel fans with that. And then... Mate, well in that, in that, in that, and that, that Wolverine oh. Origins, they had great characters. They had Blob, they had Zero, they had um, yep. Gambit. All shit. All shit. Yeah. Oh yeah, they fucked every one of them up. Oh god, they invented some characters. Oh, oh my god, it's so bad. Didn't they give the blob to cheer him up like a hug or something? I mean, it was it's just, just bad. It's just bad. It's, there was that. There was that, that running really joke with the blob. Where at the beginning he was just a strong bloke and he had a tattoo of the woman, yeah. and then when he was the blob, she'd gained five hundred pounds because he'd got fatter. <laughs> <laughs> and it was just oh god, it was so yeah. bad. But yeah, what were they thinking? <laughs> And I think what we'll do now, we'll move on to what our uh, letterbags thinking. What are the guys saying to us via the Royal Mail? Well, we have had opinions. I bet we have. I had to filter out all the ones calling you names, Oodles. Was what were you thinking getting him to host this? Yeah. <laughs> um, Tig starts off with <clears throat> Matrix. Oh, there's only one Matrix film anyway. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think we've discussed that enough on the show, but we're like, yes. on this pod. I like the comment. I thought it was cool. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Newton Thomas has quite a few. He says Gus Van Sant doing a shot for shock remake of Psycho. Yeah. Yeah. Pointless. Weird. Don't understand that at all. Jo- uh, jo- and all- casting Vince Vaughn. Vince Vaughn, well. yeah. But I like Vince yeah, Vaughn. He's yeah. a big character. Do you know, do you know they did um, a shot for shot remake of Cabin Fever yeah, as well? Did, yeah. yep. The same director. Just I think it's the same director. Yeah, he was just like, I'm just going to do it again. Yeah. Just one shot. Wants shot. To be Hitchcock. Why not? Um, <laughs> Jonathan Kent's Pointless Death in Man of Steel. Oh, yeah. Yes, oh, yes, 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 yes. Oh, the fuck up. Wow, yeah. I'm really really glad I haven't seen Man of Steel. I prefer oh, how his dad dies in the comics. So his dad in the film gadget doesn't want people, he doesn't want Superman to, to be Superman. Superman. Yeah. So there's a tornado and his dad gets kind of like, I think he's trying to save the somebody dog. or something. He's trying to save the dog. Yeah, and he gets caught up and he's basically like, <laughs> I can't get out of this. Yeah. As, a, as a human, I cannot get away from this tornado. And right. so Clark yeah. Starts steps forward. He goes no, and he goes and he and he says no, and he like <laughs> let me die. <laughs> no, let me die for no reason whatsoever. So people don't find out that, you're, uh, this that is you a, have powers. Adult Clark Kent, a man that can move just a little bit slower than the Flash. So nobody would have seen it anyway. <laughs> yeah, he yeah, could have yeah, saved his dad. Awful, awful. Okay, he goes on to say a sentence I would never ever thought I would read <laughs> duck boobs in Howard the Duck oh god at the very beginning of the film she's in the bath and yeah there's duck boobs <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
The casting of Jean-Claude Van Damme as Guile in Street Fighter. Oh, the American, yeah, the movie, American hero. The whole movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, I was, I was going to say the American uh, hero with the, the Belgian accent. Yeah. <laughs> you are all under arrest. Uh, Love that film. And, the, and then no. he, he, he finishes off with everything about Highlander 2. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. the when they made them into so aliens. Yeah. There can only be one. Oh, let's have some sequels. Yeah, yeah that's, that's exactly. It kind of ruins and the And a TV the show. One. Yeah, well... Uh, <laughs> and Andy Bleasdale, he also continues with um, the Highlander sequels, oh. all of them except maybe three. Uh, Robocop three. Oh wow! Oh, yeah. So bad. S- Super Mario Brothers, the film. Bob Hoskins. Or pretty much any video game adaptation. Yeah. Al Pacino and Robert De Niro in Righteous Kill. Oh, so bad. Robert De Niro in Rocky and Bullwinkle. If I am also putting just most of Robert De Niro's output of the last 20 years. No, it's yeah. when De Niro's not working with Scorsese. That's well, yeah, that's what I mean. Like, that's, that's why mostly, like, The Irishman. Okay, we'll, we'll let him have that. Yeah. One, but, like, what's it, what's it? The War with Grandpa is about to come out or something like I've that. I've never even heard of that. Yeah, uh, De Niro's not. Uh, Al Pacino in Jack and Jill. Oh, Al Pacino in that uh, donut commercial. you got a great ass. Uh, Paulie Shaw. No one specific yeah. film or moment, just poorly fucking sure. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. I watched Biodome about Never 500 times as a kid, and I don't even know why it's crap. It is, but I loved it when I was a kid. Yeah, I did. I loved it. Uh, Pete Beckett says, Dexter, after the explosive ending to season four, which could have been an ending in its own right, and that was a fucking good ending at the end oh, of season four. So Proper. good. So Proper. good. Oh, it made your heart go and everything. Never watched it. Um, what? Oh, you should, actually, you should watch Dexter season one to four. Yeah. Best finish, TV. But finish at four, yeah? Yeah, don't, no, don't watch after that. Okay. Um, season five to eight, especially the series ending, what the fuck were they thinking? Hopefully the new Dexter season will redeem a once excellent show. Oh, so still going? No, no, no they're, they're, they're bringing, bringing it, back. it back. Okay. What yeah, are they So Michael, Michael C. Hall wasn't happy with the ending. Wasn't happy Nobody with the, was. Nobody oh. was. Wasn't happy with the critical response or the fan response, so he's bringing it back. It's got a really good casting. Okay. So it kind yeah. of brings me... But, but that's... that. I think I've told this before, but I might have said it in the Discord. But I watched season one to four of Dexter before I met Kate. Yeah. Yeah. That's when she joined me watching Dexter. So she's seen season five to eight. <laughs> Hasn't seen season one to four. Oh, dear. Oh, oh you poor woman. Oh. Which is like, why do you even like this? No, season four, literally, I, I think that's one of the best series of TV really? ever. I, 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 I will happily big up the first season. The, the Ice Truck Killer is one of the mm. best storylines of anything that's ever been put in TV. Okay, I'll give it a try. The, the Trinity Killer with... Um, John Lithgow. Name? John Lithgow, fucking incredible. Oh, he was great. I like Lithgow anyway. Yeah. Mm. I mean, the thing is, season five wasn't bad, it just wasn't very good. No. Mm. That was the problem. So bad. Like, I really like Jimmy Smith's as the kind of the overall baddie by the end of it. But yeah, oh no, it was just bad. Uh, ben at X Ben Blaster X says Game of Thrones season eight. Need I say any more? We've said plenty. Yeah, nothing else <laughs> needs. No, but I will. Honestly, one of the most anticipated shows on the planet, 10 years in the making, leading to a climactic finale we were all dying to see. And well, they fucked it. Well and truly fucked it. Rushed, unsatisfying, baffling, legacy ruined. Dropped the ball. Yep. Business related, I wanted to put forward new Coke. I don't know if you're aware of this story, but years ago, Pepsi did a marketing campaign where they got people to do a blind taste test between Coca-Cola and Pepsi. Mm. Pepsi came out the winner. Rightfully so. Yep. (laughs) So in their wisdom, Coca-Cola decided to change the recipe of their iconic drink, which beat Pepsi in new taste tests and labelled it new Coke. It did not go down well with the public in America, (laughs) and they quickly went back to the old recipe. Change it back now! 
People hate changing recipes. <laughs> like the the furor of it, like cream eggs a couple of years ago. Well, they taste like yeah, soap yeah. now. Yeah, like people do not like a change in recipe. No, Take no. out the tiniest bit of salt, it. the tiniest bit of sugar. Don't do it. You're fucked. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so we're moving on to the big one here. Oh, it's Christopher Love, otherwise known as Debbie Punk. He sent this one in, and it's epic. He starts with, okay, so Stig called this one because we were talking about this in the Discord, and Stig brought this up, and. Unfortunately, riled up the already angriest Irishman. I in the did world. it on purpose to get this. <laughs> <laughs> a piece of media that was adapted from a much beloved series, only to be stuffed into a mincer composed of executives <laughs> and, the, of, and those who suffer allergic reactions to imagination and individuality. <laughs> Terry Pratchett's Discworld series is beloved. Beloved is a, is a light term. Fans cover the globe, young and old. If you find a Pratchett fan, you've nearly automatically found a friend. Mm-hmm. United by a love for language, prose, and humour. For those not familiar, Discworld is divided into several series. My favourite is The Watch. The Law and Order of the of Ankh-Mor Pork, the, two, the two-sided city. Now, traditionally, punks think all forms of police are cunts, and quite rightly so. <laughs> but Sam Vimes' shaky arm of the law starts from incredibly humble beginnings. He grows and develops as a character, almost in direct comparison with the city around him. This fictional group of defenders adapts to changing times, constantly evolving to meet the challenges that arise in their path. There are a lot of common mirrors to our uh, sorry, there are a lot of mirrors to our own society, cleverly worked into this fantasy setting, with the respect and dignity that very few writers would dare attempt, never mind successfully pull off. I'm agreeing with everything here, by the way. So when word got out the series was getting a live-action adaptation over ten years ago, I was very excited. I imagined a gritty crop drama, a gritty cop drama with fantasy elements, humour spiced with some genu- genuinely gut-wrenching scenes from the novels. Even if it didn't focus on the main characters in the books, it could be based on new recruits. It could have been a new branch of the Watch in another city. The possibilities were endless. The show kept getting delayed, of course, and uh, and of course with Sir Terry Pratchett's passing. It seemed like the project would have been cancelled. Things were quiet on the project for a long time. Until a, dra- until a trailer dropped. And wow, what a fucking trailer. <laughs> it was this misguided blend of semi-cyberpunk, acid-tone, neon after-effects that was reminiscent of the awful Suicide Squad movie. Another what were they thinking? This was not the fantasy of a CSI... This is not the fantasy version of CSI that I had half expected. It seemed to have completely missed the mark. I was not a happy bunny... I may have left a lot of nasty tweets under various stories on Twitter. (laughs) Battery acid and coke cans, you know the sort. I'd forgotten about this write-off until recently. I downloaded the series, albeit through a strange means. It wasn't streaming on any UK services, which isn't common. It wasn't even available on Byrate Pay or similar locations, which was odd. (laughs) I had to jam up my security and VPN membership to use a Russian-based sharing website to find the series, which should have been a warning sign. Absolute punk. He is a punk. So we were. He is. He's a proper punk. So we will begin with Vimes as the main character and introduction to the show. Vimes is a fantastic character, a personal hero. He was a wash up in the original Guards Guards, yet conquers his demons to become a truly magnificent defender of the downtrodden. Although he still has flaws, he's a good man, and although his moral compass may waver, it always points true when it matters. The Vimes in the TV show is a weak carbon copy of Captain Jack Sparrow with a mumbling <laughs> shtick. That's pretty much it. If I ever bump into Richard Dormer prancing around the fields of Northern Ireland, he's getting slapped so hard he'll require a colostomy bag for the remainder of his days. In the same episode, we're introduced to Lady Sybil, a beautiful spirit that cares for dragons that are seen as little more than combustible vermin in the novels. 
A major reason as to why Vimes is such a strong character is due to her guidance and support. She was one of the few people that saw the person Vimes could be, instead of how he saw himself. There is some amazing character development that just organically spreads through the literature. That's sorely lacking in our live-action edition. She's a headstrong idiot in a wig. (laughs) (laughs) Character assassination at the most heinous. Cheery, detritus, angua. And my carrot, my sweet boy carrot, the best boy of the guard. He got done so dirty. How they they turned that bright-eyed idealist that saw the wonder and beauty in everything, with everyone around him, into an aching bollocks on legs. It's unforgivable. They didn't even have Fred Colon or Nobby in the four episodes I endured. The iconic duo from the very first book. Death is, is a humorless CGI nightmare. Ankh-Morpork Pork is an aimless background instead of a bustling city bursting with character. The librarian, just pathetic. I could go on, obviously, but this topic has hit a nerve. <laughs> I, never th- I never thought I'd type the phrase, I'm glad Sir Terry Pratchett is dead. <laughs> oh, the one silver lining is he'll never be exposed to this festering mound of smegma-coated fecal matter that is this show. I hope everyone involved in creating it catches some mad variant of Ebola and shites themselves into a coma. <laughs> that is not my cow. Parentheses, this is the cut-down version of this email. Yeah, and all views expressed by dead people are not the views of modern escapism. But wow. I mean, we haven't seen it, but... <laughs> Thank you very much. That, that is an incredible Woo. literary work for from punk there and I appreciate that so the one good thing came out of that show is that email basically yeah, yeah that is why be... I gave up reading any feedback because I would have fucking struggled with that it would have still been there <laughs> we'd have Didn't had to the... cut about five times it was beautiful hasn't the pressure estate like walked away from that TV yeah. series, didn't they? So it, so it sort of it was it, it was it, it was weird like it was originally Rihanna Pratchett was writing it mm. um, and then it went into kind of a bit of a development hell for a while. Then it was like between BBC America and then yeah. some other company and things like that. And she was eventually shit canned from it. And then it became what it is today. So the Pratchett estate have basically said, we didn't have anything to fucking do with this one. Good. They just, why these do, people just owned the rights to it. Why did they the do rights. this? Why did they take something? Because they, they honestly don't it care. So much. Yeah, but they just want money. Yeah, it's, like, it, 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 it's idiotic. The, the content is already there. Like the books are there. You can yeah. t- do a spin on the books, but the stories and the characters are there. You know. I always think of it as like, look how Peter Jackson adapted the Lord of the Rings novels. Yeah, that. he took what was there. He cut out he some cut stuff out that was unnecessary, and it's perfect. Tom Bombadil. Tom Bombadil. Yeah, he's perfect. Why don't you just follow that suit? On? Ah, he's, he's fucking. Ugh. Anyway, onto the socials. <laughs> <laughs> Socials, right. So you can find us on Twitter at Modern Escapism. On there, you'll find a link to all our episodes, socials, and our Discord. If you have any comments, you can either tweet us on there or email us at modernescapismpod at gmail.com. Uh, gaming streams, we do them on twitch.tv forward slash. Sorry, we do them at twitch.tv forward slash modern escapism. So if you're into that, come and join us. Oodles will be streaming on Saturday. Potentially. Once he gets hit, potentially, if he gets his capture card. I do, I do the caveat to that. So I'm waiting for my new capture card. It should come. But if I, I am available all this week for Monster Hunter raids, if you're all into that. So join our, <laughs> join our Discord if you want to if you want to do that. Uh, Biggie is continuing his Dark Souls run. Uh, how back. F- how far has he got uh, to go on that? He's Blacktown still. A long way. A long way. Oh dear. Trouble is, he's, he, uh, he, I he's, it stuck, for a while, he's stuck so in Blacktown with a really underpowered weapon. 
<laughs> and, yeah, so and he has to fight his it. way back up or fight his way yeah. down. He's he's basically as far away from upgrading as he can be. <laughs> yeah. So I'm I'm playing it tomorrow, which is obviously last Monday when you hear this. Yeah. Uh, so I'm I'll be back. If I was Biggie, right I'd honestly search Blacktown. There is a weapon there that can help you. That's all I'm going to say. Search. Okay, nice little hint. And uh, Gadget and I will be back streaming uh, Dead Space 3 on Wednesdays, although we might be finished by the time We might this have finished out. it, yeah. I think we, as of this point of recording, we got to chapter 14, and there's 19 chapters in the game, so I think we will probably have it finished by then. Wait, have so... we mastered time? Have we actually understood time now? No, no, I've mastered time. Oh. I'm telling you time. <laughs> If we have finished it by then, we will. There'll be something new. We'll advertise it on our Twitter and let you know what it's going to be. It'll probably be Sea of Thieves while we think of something else. Yes, Always a laugh like in it. Yeah, uh, just a few other things. Uh, you'll have noticed the last few weeks we've dropped a few specials. First up, we had our Justice League uh, Zack Snyder special. It's a masterpiece. So if, you ha- if you haven't checked that out, uh, what the film or the podcast? I hope you mean the podcast. I mean the podcast. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> if you haven't checked that out, we, you should do it, especially if you've watched the film, because we, we had a good laugh uh, talking about that. Um, strap on in, though. It's about two and a half hours long. Yeah. About two yeah. and a half hours shorter than the film. <laughs> yeah. A more coherent. <laughs> no. And we quite. also did uh, some D&D specials. Yeah. Uh, they dropped on Good Friday and Easter Monday, so they are out there now available for you to download and listen to, and we had an absolute blast recording these. <sighs> Gadget did an amazing job setting all this up, and I have never played Dungeons and Dragons before. None of us have, and nope. we got right into the spirit of it, and we we had a great time. I want ev- yeah, and- if someone can write in and tell me how to roll <laughs> dice, I'd really appreciate <laughs> yeah. it. I want everyone listening to this to appreciate the work that Gadget put into this. That that man literally bought us all beautiful lavish dice. He, he, don't roll very high. <laughs> he, he, <laughs> he gave us enough time to create backstories, and 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 he, he just he was so patient with us, absolute imbeciles, and yep. <laughs> and the the work that he's put into it, and the actual edit he's done for it. It's it's as if we know what we're doing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it would have been an hour it shorter if it wasn't for us being Stig not knowing. So I will say my my favorite part of the final product is at the very beginning of episode one <laughs> when I'm describing Theston and yeah. Biggie and Stig are walking in and then I, and and then I say you know what do you do and the two of you sit there for about ten seconds and say nothing. I say this is where you roll. <laughs> <laughs> I just want anyone listening to this to absolutely if you if you're not into D and D, I'm not into D and I mean I am now, but oh, yeah. I, just just listen to it as a story in itself, as a concept for a podcast that us four have endured. We we, we spent <laughs> n- nearly five hours doing that that evening. It was five, yeah. five hours worth of recording, and I've spent about fourteen hours yeah. in the edit. I just want you to appreciate what that man has done. For you, for you guys. I started eating during yeah. that podcast. He's done. He's done this as well. He's done this for free. So appreciate it. If you don't even listen to it, just give him some love. <laughs> I think you should listen to it though, even if you're not into D and D, because it's a good it's laugh. So it's, good. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's split into two parts, and I think I think we got more into it as we went along, isn't it? When we started we do, to realize yeah. how, then we got how, tired we, how to do things, <laughs> how to do things, how to do that. It's like yeah, it's I had a yeah, really good time yeah, doing it. Yeah, it. it yeah. 
it's it starts off a little shaky. The first fight that you get into takes a very long time. <laughs> but we, yeah, but it's it's always action and it's always happening and it's always moving forward. And by kind of the start of the second part, you, you, you're well into it. You're understanding well, the it. audio you're, in you're itself. Being, you're paints being creative. a beautiful picture of the world and and what's going on. I, even though I was there and I was playing, and we were just looking at a bloody two D map, I felt like I was there, and I felt like mm. I've had this mission. I mean, I haven't got the funds that I. I was awarded on that mission. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, it's just, I, I just think, and I, I want to thank you personally as well, Gadget Far. Yeah, Gadget that, that was great. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely welcome. It's it, it. To be honest, I still need to keep thanking you guys for indulging me in this random self indulgence because <laughs> that's what it really was. When we started up the podcast, it was one of the first things I said. So you know, if we do specials, I'd like to give D and D a shot. Yeah, yeah. And it like it, it's t- t- it took us seven months to get you to do it. But it did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, then we've done two specials. I wanted to do spoiler specials, and I did one, yeah. and you've got to do D&D. So we've been busy. Okay. We've yeah. been busy. Yeah, you Put two need to think of some specials. Um, yeah. I'm going to do a uh, OnlyFans special. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> a, a hip-hop special. Yeah, absolutely, mate. Anyway. No, I'll uh, be silent on that one. <laughs> I thought so. Lastly, uh, last Monday on the 29th, we were on uh, the Monday Nightmare on Deal Radio, and that has now been uploaded such onto a laugh. the internet that you can now go back and listen to that if you didn't uh, catch it when it was live. We had a really good laugh with that. So um, good. Yeah, I had a good time. I'm not that. I'm not Monk's boy's enemy anymore. He's now, I consider that man a friend. He's, he's, he, he probably doesn't consider me a friend, but... <laughs> I mean, even if you're his friend, he'll still keep baiting you. Yeah, I, I yeah. really enjoyed that. That was brilliant. Uh, finally, if you like what we do and you like uh, this episode and everything else, then leave us a five-star review. We deserve that. It really that, helps us. Just for the D&D special, yeah. we deserve yeah. your five-star I mean, reviews. stopping you? Why, why yeah, not it's free to leave us a review. It's free to fucking yeah. listen to this. It helps us get noticed. <laughs> it, it does genuinely like help the podcast get noticed more and pushes us up like to more uh, listeners and stuff. So yeah. it, it does help us out. It's not just something. Tell we your say. friends. Share. Tell your enemies. Yeah. Do the five star reviews. Yeah. Thank you. Tell so. your friends. Biggie's on it. They'll come straight away. Oh yeah. They'll go big. Big cop man. Oh my god. <laughs> They'll run for it. So anyway, this has been a very fun episode, and I believe we could have talked for another three, four hours on this because there's there's a lot of thoughts. When it's what were they thinking? Because oh, we could just talk forever. So I'm going to leave you with this quote: "To admit that you were wrong is to declare that you are wiser now than you were before." We've been modern escapism. Good night. Was it that maybe she just got one of those? One of the uh, got you one of those Jurgen Klopp key rings that look like Harold Shipman. Just so incredible! Hey, just done it. I've seen him before. It's crazy. It's so incredible. Harold Shipman, lest we forget. That is not serious. <laughs> no, it's not. No, it's not. <laughs> oh my God. Oh, an Easter egg, completely devoid of context. <laughs> Harold Shipman, lest we forget. <laughs> what was he thinking? What was he thinking? What was he thinking? What was he thinking?